advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible. It'll soon be a war up there. And we are, as a people, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths. I know for a fact. And to secret proceedings. Weapons of mass destruction. I have a dream. I take the threat very seriously. A new world order. Your government thanks you for your participation. You are now listening to the world-famous Sofa King Podcast. Please, read from the sheets. I am. I am. Sofa King. Sofa King. Now repeat all very fast, please. I am Sofa King. Faster. I am Sofa King. No, not so fast. Lose its meaning. I am Sofa King. You say funny things. I wonder, uh, after we've programmed people for so long to hear the ding and the clink in a certain position when it when it's not right, if it bothers It doesn't them. bother me at all. Doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> like the timing where I just cut you off a little bit? Yeah. Um, I wasn't paying get, attention to the timing. I'm you off-stroke again? Definitely yeah. weird, um, I'll admit, because that bothers, just it bothers me. That bothered the fuck out of me. I was like, hmm, I really don't like that. That doesn't feel right. Like It's more of a like... Mm, I don't know. Is it off-putting? Yeah. It is it's it is off-put. It's even off-putting to me. It's like and chocolate it's like, pudding if anything. Um like I even think like just being like the stage manager or like the sound guy in theater for years like before the show opened there would usually be so, like a music like some music playing in the theater mm-hmm. and like you knew it was like this song's going to play right when the house opens. There's going to be like four more songs and like middle of this song I'm like saying you know, standby light cue number one and like all the timing is there. And like the, like that timing of the music is, in, is very important right. to the launch of the show. Yeah. And when that last note from the last song hits, the lights change, the curtains open. And it's like, it's the same thing here. Like there's a certain sequence of sounds mm. that your brain gets mm. used to in that order. And if it goes <laughs> off, you're like, well, that, what the fuck is everything? Like I just instantly freak out. Like my theater brain kicks in, and I just want to make sure everything is on track. Mm. Like, is yeah. was was that did something did something fuck up? Right. Did someone fuck up, or is Brad busting balls? Mm. Like those are the three options. I listen like you know you listen to an album in its entirety. So like at the end of a song, you anticipate the next song, and so if you hear some shit on like fucking random shuffle, like the song it fucks ends, you up. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's not what's supposed to come next. At right. All. Even right. that. It's notable. It doesn't bother me, but it's notable. Mm. It throws me off a little bit. That shit bothers me, bro. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Because I was like, and then my, even my, then my clank was even shit. You're like, bang. And I was like, motherfucker, clank. I was like, God damn it. I was like totally zoned out. Yeah. I just, I, I heard the ding. And I saw the look on your face, so I knew something just happened, but I wasn't. And I saw Devious Brent kind of stutter, but I wasn't sure what had happened. It's worn off now. Only works so many times. No one did. It, it is what it is now. No one did anymore. The record's broken. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine. It's, oh, really? it's just this week. I'll, I'll, yeah. Next week, I'll forget about it. Yeah. Probably. I'll never forget it. So, Sid, we've got him. 
<laughs> that was a oh man so, that was hard i, I was yeah. fucking dying so that dirty oh. fucking chili that we got that i was all oh, mad about man. that old fucking wasson sent us cleveland steamer there's oh. one can left upstairs <laughs> and we went upstairs to take our piss break and sid happened to be walking and check if he had an amazon package and uh, we've talked about sitting on the podcast a bunch before. He's famous <laughs> in his own right. The motherfucker had toys in yeah, Walmart. If you've been, if you've been to the studio, his skateboards are up on the wall. Yeah, yeah he, he was a professional skater for Santa Cruz for years. So he's uh, hats off to sit. He was famous before we were half-ass famous. Yeah. Right. But he's fucking hilarious, too, for the record. Like, he's actually, he picked this topic uh, today. Um, and then when I was... And a funnier story, real quick, to segue to the chili is... I wish this motherfucker would do a podcast. I the sentence out of my mouth yesterday after he said some shit to me was like, "Please fucking start a podcast with me." And he he just won't do it. But I don't think he would talk like he wouldn't. Yeah, he's be, like kind of shy. He's yeah, weird that yeah. way. He sit with his friends. Yeah. Right. So we're yeah. sitting there, and I was like, "Yo," I was like, "Damn, bro!" Like I was like, I was at my other buddy's uh, kid's birthday party, and Sid was there with mutual friends, and I was like, "Dude, I need a fucking topic still." And he's like, "What about like uh, long distance gang relationships?" I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's, did you just make funny. that shit up? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, fuck, dude, please just start a fucking yeah. podcast. Yeah. I was like, that kind of shit is so fucking funny. Yeah. But he's upstairs trying to get his Amazon package. And uh, that can of chili was there. And I didn't think Brad and Dave were going to play along at all. I handed it to him. I was like, hey, bro, here, have some chili. I was like, people send us this shit. Like, was, they sent us four cans. There's three of us. There's, you know, whatever. And he was like. He's looking it over. He's looking at it. And then Dave jumped in and was like, he said, yeah, that's probably like the split P Anderson soup of chili. And he was like, really? And then me and Brad looked at <laughs> each other. Had him. Yeah, me and Brad, I thought he saw Brad for sure. Oh, I was kind of behind God. him. So like, I, I knew he didn't see my face, but Brad started laughing. No, and, he was looking at the can when yeah. I was laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so then we, put we all straightened down. up because I was like, oh, Dave's going for it. We're going to fucking get him to eat this dirty <laughs> chili. <laughs> So we all fucking straightened up and swallowed our fucking smiles. I even doubled down and talked about how, I, which is true, yeah. how I figured out how to cook split pea soup as good yeah. as split pea Anderson. He like diverted like, yeah. away from I the diverted, chili. Yeah, yeah. And Brent gave him the mini bottles and I was yeah. like, oh, you should put that in there. Some it's mini bottles. Killer, killer chili right there. Gave him some of the totally tubular yeah. uh, sour beer that Nicole yeah. designed the label for. And I was like, oh yeah, one of our fans designed this label. One of our friends uh, did this and then and brought, uh, there was a charity for something and that's also a Silver yeah. King related person. And so um, I handed him the beer and I thought that's going to offset it. But when I was, me and Dave were leaving, Brad took off and went downstairs. <laughs> me and Dave were still walking away and he was like, you're not fucking with me. This is good chili. <laughs> it looks I was like, bad. Dude. I was like, bro, I was like, he's like, well, I know you guys get all kinds of shit. And I was like, yeah, dude, they just sent us to us. There's only three. They sent four cans. There's only three of us. He's like, yeah, but was there like three cans that were fucking gross and you guys hated it? And now you're giving it to me like a joke. I was like, no, fuck, bro. I gave you beer and chili. He's like, all right, all right, all right. And then we fucking got downstairs and. Like he had to go, he had to go to the bathroom or something. So we just had to keep silent because if we laugh, he still might hear us break out in laughter in the basement. Uh, he might be up there with his ear to the so floor good. right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't uh, wait to so find good. out. <laughs> I was gonna be pissed. <laughs> pay it for him because he's probably gonna get it all set up. Get he's gonna feed it to, to, no, he's gonna, it. no, he's gonna feed it to his family. Like yeah. He's gonna make yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah. like yeah. something for his kids and fuck yeah. his wife. Oh man, it's gonna be so good. Well, that was a good. I like the beer though. He will like the beer. Maybe. I think he will. He's a, even he's he a beer fish. It was a great label, Nicole. Even if he doesn't like the beer, the, the label like the was label. great. Yeah. yeah. What was to, it? It's peach totally or tubular. Something? It was like it's a peach yeah. sour beer, yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it was yeah. It was We had it. I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of sour beers. It wasn't that beer. I just don't like sour yeah. beers. There's some beers I like, but I'm that one. I'm a malt liquor guy myself. Yeah, and I got a fucking headache. Did yeah. you get a headache? Yeah. Right. And we didn't drink that much. Yeah. I drank like half that beer and I got a headache. It wrecked me. Beers yeah. I'm not 
I don't like beer all that much. Some beers. I kind of miss it a little bit because I'm, I'm just, sad about I'm afraid that, to drink beers now. That Heineken light. Why? Because I do like Heineken. Look at some Heinekens. What's wrong with it? It's no, gonna we don't me, need it's anything make me here. Go buy some yeah. fucking Heinekens. Yeah, they're pretty, they're should probably give us some Heinekens if we ask. Why do we want? I love Heinekens. Because hmm? he loves Heineken. I know, but he can just get some and take them home. Why do we need them here? No, I wasn't even saying for here. I was just saying now I'm gonna go get a bunch of Heinekens and then it's gonna get all hot out and I'm gonna be drinking beer all summer. Yeah, yeah man, that's, that's the day, that's the kind of Dave I like. You're man. an adult. I like my Dave like you know like in a white T-shirt in the backyard with a fucking Heineken, <laughs> standing by his just newly assembled Weber barbecue that he finally put together because he didn't want to yeah, leave the house. He has oversized overalls on that yeah, are man. cut off like shorts. Just sitting oh, there yeah. thinking about putting like a Millennium that. Falcon together in your fucking sleeping shorts. Yeah, yeah. He's okay. thinking about people following him home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> going going back over your evacuation. I like my day paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> I like my day with binders that are yeah. clearly labeled. I like to think of my earthquake day. evacuation. I like to think of my day with grown out hair, <laughs> <laughs> and it's on the fritz. You yeah. know, like it's just <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Stevie Stevie Wonder, like but like yeah. more predator but like. like you know yeah, I mean? and he's more wondering. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> Wondering if you should open that Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah, he just keeps thinking about it. How many pieces yeah. is that? Is that Millennium Falcon following him? We'll never know. Uh, I can't remember. Seventeen hundred. I still put. I still put my bus together. Yeah, look at that bus sitting in the box. You can't even get your real life bus together. I know, bro. <laughs> that one I might be able to do though. The yeah. Lego I could do. The Lego I can build. Yeah. I, I should just do take that summer. carb off and hand it to you and fucking give you money to rebuild that. that shit. I don't want that thing. Give you money, bro. No. You can come back and then you'll be blaming me. No. Why, why does it work so it's good? It's broke right Brad's now. Fault. Yeah, stop yeah. working so good. Whatever you why did the Jeep, not going to work. That fucker yeah. runs, dude. Uh, it runs good. Yeah, yeah, it gets it, too. It does. It fucking gets it. it. That thing fucking gets it. It does. It's so fucking loud, though. I'm that guy, dude. That's the only thing is it sets off everyone's car alarm. Okay, like, you get to a stoplight, and, and everyone's car's like, boop, 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 boop. I'm like, as soon as I leave, as soon as I leave, dude, I fucking pull off the fucking line. It's like, I'm setting off everyone's car alarm. It just has a little Magnaflow on it. Yeah. You, know, you could change it. You could put a put a regular muffler. I, mean, I like it. it. I wish it didn't set off a car alarm. This sounds great, but I, yeah. it sets off everyone's car alarm. That's funny. Yeah. It's only a little V6 or a straight six. Yeah. Uh, how about the Mel Yucatecos? What's that? Yeah. How about the Mel Yucatecos? Oh, you guys can tell how weird to. I am because I gave tech to the minis. Yeah. And my organization, <laughs> Brad was calling me out. Yeah. All I meant was that the flavors were in, like each row was a new flavor. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's like, yeah, they're in order. You know, it goes, it goes, that's not what I meant, that. And then Sid's like, I don't know what fucking order what? they go in. Like <laughs> the reason I was saying that was if you wanted to grab one, he knew which box to grab because I just yeah. told him. So like the first he one's triple X, the didn't next one, yeah, I know the next, the next yeah. one's Caribbean, the next Only one's black, and it's green, and it's yeah. red. So I was Is just that the order? S- that's not the order. No. But if you just stacked them all willy-nilly, all nimbly-wimbly-like, you'd be reaching in every fucking box. But this way, if you reach down there, in any given row, you will get a different fucking flavor. So I can grab them. What's the order? And know that I'm not grabbing green again. What's the order? I told you the order, bitch. (laughs) Order the Jedi. No, the real order. There is no order. I mean, if there was an order, it'd probably be like red, green, black, uh, Caribbean, and triple X. I think that's based off of fucking uh, like Scoville is probably why I'm doing that in my head, I think. That's probably the correct Scoville scale. <laughs> I think so. I think it is, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's probably why that's in my head. Where does jalapeno fall? Mm, I don't know, actually. I, I, I'll be honest. I never eat the jalapeno. Lots of people love that fucking jalapeno. My uncle comes and fucking steals jalapeno. 
Uh, my brother loves the jalapeno. It's hard jalapenos. to find. I like. I, mean, I had uh, pepperoni pizza with jalapeno on it. Yeah, Man, it's fucking good, dude. As long as I don't like the flavor, it's just yeah. it's, the, the it's my last or grab. The hot jalapenos or fresh huh? jalapenos. Were they tame jalapenos, fresh jalapenos? Uh, they were kind of spicy. They were, I thought they were you cooked put on there. On like there. they were cooked on there. They? I don't know what they. They had seeds uh, in them. Like they were, they were, they were. They were uh, fresh. Um, I don't know. Hmm. Like they were cooked. You know what I mean? They they right. cooked them until they shriveled up a little bit on the pizza. Hmm. I, I would assume they're fresh because they had juice. Like Dude, I, I don't quit, know. I could even. I used to core jalapenos and like put cheese and do all that shit. Yeah. I just straight put jalapenos on the grill now, and I cut those bitches all the seeds in them mm-hmm. and just fucking eat them yeah. like that. There's a, a spot in Taft, uh, the pizza factory there, Felix that owns it. I don't know if he still owns it, but when I worked out there, um, we'd go there and we'd get, he'd make a, man, it was killer tune. I didn't even really like it all that much. I didn't like like jalapenos on my pizza. Like right. that wasn't like something like that I just went for, but he would make a cheese pizza with jalapenos on it. Oh, fuck yeah. Dude, that shit was good, man. You like know, I crave it sometimes, and I I just I just don't go to tap. Are good but, on pizza. Yeah, I just don't have any, any. I'm not going to name go any there. names, but people in South Africa call those jalapenos. Jalapenos? Yeah. <laughs> I can say it like that. It's like nice. my my wife yeah. calls you know Ghirardelli. Who chocolate. could it be? Ghirardelli chocolate? What she say? Yeah, she calls it Ghirardelli's. That's eh, not that crazy. Though. Yeah, I know people who. Oh, okay, the cocklets. Yeah, Ghir- oh, yeah, Ghirardelli cocklets. Oh, yeah. that's where she messed up. Yeah. The S word. Yeah. That's and, the funniest and, shit you ever told you. S word <laughs> is the worst. And the tor- Tortillarillo factory. What's that? Did she say that? Yeah. No. I didn't say yeah, that. We were that. driving yeah, yeah. through Vegas and there's a tortilla factory. She's <laughs> like, what's a Tortillarillo factory? And I was like. <laughs> you tell them their mascot's a gorilla. It's like a, tor- a gorilla yeah, 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 with tortillas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, what's well, a Tortillarillo? Look at him. Yeah, driving with He's my like, wife cool. and like fucking some random place. It's like, King that. Kong on yeah, the, the S-word. state building with a rolled the up S-word, The S-word thing was fucking hilarious. That's just funny, man. Just yeah. I can't like not think about Every time I drive past that Budo, bitch, I see it. Yeah, it's like Budo, sword, fucking, you know, it says sword, fucking, you know, sword fighting or whatever, like karate, fucking this, that. And she's like, what's S-word? The reason it's, I mean, that's the thing, like, to set the stage, I mean, it's funny as it is. Yeah. But like, because I would, I mean, I would drive probably four times a week. Yeah. I would drive by that building because it's on my way from my house to here. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, it's an old used car lot. Yeah. So it's just all glass. The glass whole building front, is glass. Yeah. And there's two suits of samurai armor. Yeah. Yep. There's yeah, a yeah. bunch of fucking uh, bokin and wooden yeah. swords hanging yeah, yeah. in the building. You think you would make the connection. It gives away sword. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny too because like my wife, she's smart. Like, like yeah, she's good yeah, with math. Yeah. Like, fucking, yeah. she's like you know very you know organized and and fucking yeah. But like funny shit. Like her, so funny. The, my, my brother's the, wife's super smart. Like it's that one too, of those like dumb like, blonde moments like yeah, type things. She's, that she's not too. even blonde though. Like really, she, like she's brown hair. Amanda's blonde, but she fucking straight up asked like legit. Like, do they have to like process oranges or like just take them straight off the tree and you can eat them straight off the tree? I was like, what in the mm. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like what? what are they the fucking but she's like big money like yeah. fucking she yeah, what's the nut they fuck. have to process like uh, cashews uh, you know cashews yeah, yeah it comes off an apple i have yeah. to admit though like coffee beans yeah, yeah, moving here from michigan thing, yeah. like i yeah cold one, weather she's well, from no here, though, it was just like at one point <laughs> she's like from here yeah she never had my sister moved into a house and in the backyard there was an avocado tree and a blood orange tree and blood oranges are weird they would just like you know, they'd be like, oh, we made some fresh orange juice out of the blood oranges and we've got some in the fridge. And like, it took me probably more than a year to just be like, to, 
to not just be I've like that's fucking gross. Blood that's orange juice. Ghetto gross that. shit. Like you're just growing your own oranges. That's some ghetto nasty. Some really? That yeah, it ghetto? was just gross. It was just like it's gonna be some gross nasty ass. Like I'd rather oh, weird were, like, uh, position. That's avocado. Same thing with avocado. I went through a whole avocado season of avocados. I mean, and I, actually, the house I lived at at the time had an avocado. I mean, a massive, massive like you were like, go get that shit at the store. Trees. Yeah. Why would you think they didn't just wa- just wash the orange or something like? I just assumed it was going to be inferior and gross. Like the, I, I kind of see where you're coming from. I get like that. You're like, just oh, your that's nasty like, ass little homegrown orange yeah. tree. Probably because like, everybody, you, it's like, did you milk the cow the in a pail? Everybody yeah, I knew in weird. Michigan yeah. that would try to grow fruits or vegetables, they all fucking sucked. Yeah. Because it's cold all the time, it's rainy all the time. Like there was, it doesn't yeah. have the. They sun. have like a shop light over a fucking. Yeah, sad exactly. And it was just like so. You know, here, then like there was the whole first year, like their dog would get super fat because the dog obsessed over the avocados. Avocados, yeah. And I mean, you would hear, an, I mean, no exaggeration, I, you would hear uh, an avocado because I lived in the garage drop. and an avocado. Yeah. I would pro- probably every 10 minutes all day, you would hear a, a That's a lot avocado of avocados. Drop. Dude, it was a massive tree. Yeah. Like every Those day. Those old, dude. I mean, they don't start blooming avocados until like no, what, dude, 20 years massive. or some shit. I mean, massive. Dude, my brother lived yeah. in It's that whole Paula? neighborhood behind East High, like that yeah. older neighborhood. My brother lived on an avocado orchard in Santa Paula. Yeah. yeah. And they had a whole tree that he was like, you're allowed to have everything you want from that tree. These other ones have to be harvested. Don't take those. And huh. I went over there, and I, he was like, yeah, let's get some avocados. We'll make guacamole or something. I was like, okay. He was probably thinking I was going to get four. I made guacamole with like 30 avocados. Hmm. Yeah. I was like, fuck this shit. I'm eating this with a fucking spoon, yeah, dude. dude. I love that, Yeah, guacamole. the second year I lived in that house, it was – and we used to have to get all the avocado. Every time – like every time any of us came home or left, we would scan the yard, pick up all the avocados because it was like unhealthy. The dog would get so fat. They wouldn't yeah. even feed it kibble yeah. because all day it would just hear Eat that avocados. noise and run for the avocado. Mm, that's so we would have to pick up avocados all day and night. <laughs> it looked like a bowl of green mashed potatoes and shit. Yeah. But by the end around. of avocado season, it was just like, – someone was like, should we make guacamole? I was like, no, no. <laughs> I have had guacamole twice a day for the last I don't two know if months. I get tired I am, of it. Oh, you do. You get yeah. tired of it, dude. Yeah, it's not like potatoes. Yeah, no, it's not like potatoes. I are- wish right now I had that tree. Oh, I, actually, I take that back because I'd be even it's fatter than I am. I well, and so much and it's a mess. Like maybe not. It's mess. a good fat, and like I don't know calorically, like how many avocados are you really gonna? Uh, eat? You can uh, eat a lot. Yeah. Eat a lot. Fuck yeah, I'd make like a good little three avocado oh, serving easy, of guacamole. Easy, easy and eat that yeah. shit. Like the only thing that limits me from being a big fat ass from guacamole and avocados is the fact that they're so fucking expensive. expensive yeah, the Albert's so you go to the, the store like and it's like, oh fuck that! I'll buy like two. You got to buy the five dollar bag. Yeah, you know, out. out but you got to drive Find way a guy. out. Yeah, yeah, you got to have. You a know guy. what they have? You got to have an I didn't ever plug. do it yet, but at Smart and Final they have uh, their peeled and fucking cored avocados, mm. like uh, sh- like airlock, like vacuum sealed yeah. in the frozen section. Yeah, and I'm like, hmm. huh. I wonder if they're weird and like. All, they're all smooth brained you know what i mean like yeah. mash them up. Yeah. if it messes with the viscosity like the yeah. texture is gonna be weird or something yeah i don't know okay so quick thanks to our patrons um uh thank you thank you thank you uh we've we've had several more this week and that's always really great to see um uh if you want to become a patron support the show a uh, great way to do it patreon.com black slash sofa king podcast uh, all kinds of cool benefits at different levels uh the least of which is just a measly dollar you get tons and tons of bonus episodes we drop a bonus episode every single week so go check it out um to see that and as always we are a founding member of the podbelly podcast network so if you want to find some cool podcasts and some good stuff to listen to go to podbelly.com 
Com. Clinton Shrek on the live said that guacamole is uh, Mexican mashed potatoes. I'm going to call it that from now on. That's nice. awesome. That's yeah. good. So our topic today, as given to us by uh, Sid, a.k.a. Kid Chili. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, man. Russell Sid. I fucking uh, love Sid, man. Uh, he's pretty great. He's fucking hilarious, dude. You don't even know, like, the Sidisms, all his crazy oh, yeah. little shit. Crazy. There's no way to explain it. No. Like, you can't uh-uh. experience Sid unless you mm-hmm. fucking get to hang out with him. Yeah. Legit mustache situation oh, going on. Oh, fuck. That motherfucker. Like, yeah, he had the, the magical mustache, right? Yeah. Deck that came with a free mustache. And if you fucking wore it and got best trick when you posted it, they gave you, like, a year's supply of decks and shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, there was a nice. toy mustache one that fucking uh, they carried in Walmart, like a tech deck. That, that, that was a little mustache deck. Shit. Yeah, hmm. yeah, his mustache game was serious mustache. So Russell Simmons, um, who most of my life He's I an knew exercise of, guy, with the headband, yeah, yeah, curly yeah. hair. Yeah. I knew yeah. of him as the brother of a guy in Run DMC, right? Like that, yeah. and I knew he had something to do with with them. He produced yeah. them. Like what? Like I really didn't know his importance um, until later. You know, I guess yeah. I really should have figured it out in the movie Crush Groove, which is basically about him um, and his rise. I never, to, you know, they had that that uh, reality show with him and his family. Oh, did they? Yeah. It was his brother though. Oh, that, that was, was Reverend brother? Ryan. Oh, it was Reverend Ryan. Yeah. I get them mixed up too. Then I guess because that, yeah, because I, I remember, I remember his personality. They kind of have the same personality, though. Kind of, yeah. And they're, they're very bland. Like very, very, yeah. He's very, bland. very bland. Yeah, very bland. Reverend Run is more. You're right. Boisterous yeah. and kind of funny. Um, yeah, I get. I do get them mixed up a lot. Yeah. Both of them. They're. They're. I guess. Yeah. And I remember, like back in the Cribs days of MTV, they did a Cribs. And normally, like, they would pack two or three people in one episode of Cribs. Yeah. And they did, like, an hour-long episode just on Russell Simmons' house. Yeah, and I saw that. Yeah. fucking mansion. Yeah. And I remember the, um, the, which is, kind of, like, I, I started to look into it a little bit, but there were just, like, big bow-tied Nation of Islam security guards, like, all over the house at the front door. Yeah. Like whatever, and I know almost that's like a kinda, fucking almost like a, a drug dealer's house or something. But it's almost like I read Mexico a lot of stuff that it, that at, at certain points in the eighties and nineties, if you were black and you were wealthy and you lived in in New York or on the East Coast, it was almost it was almost like a protection racket. Yeah, like you didn't have to be Islamic, and the Nation of Islam would be like, "You need us for protection, hmm. my brother." And like you would like pay them to have. I wonder how much their salary is. You. Like, what, how much she like twenty four hours around the clock? Because motherfuckers are out there. Like, and he probably pays a company. It's uh, maybe he, company. he might be like, a, he might be a member of the Nation of Islam. I didn't read anything about his religion, but I know. And again, this isn't saying much, but in most photographs I saw where he was wearing a suit, he is wearing a bow tie. And when you're black and powerful and on the East Coast, a bow tie often equals Nation of Islam. Um, hmm. and all that but could be style but that is could be style yeah, could be yeah. style yeah but it's a big it's a big thing but anyway hmm. yeah that was and it was a it was a pretty ridiculous because you see cribs and it's like oh this guy and they've got a couple of albums out and their house is impressive or whatever but then you saw russell simmons and it's like oh you just straight up live in a fucking mansion right you just live in a big ass east coast mansion because apparently you're rich as fuck like well, he just kept building crazy. companies and fucking selling them, man. He's gangster at that. He's so good at it. Dude. Yeah. He's so, and that's what we'll see when we look into this. Like he's so good at building a company 
And right when it peaks in its value, he sells that bitch to someone else and then just starts a total. It's not even like he starts another company that's similar. He just moves on to something totally different. I thought about it when I was reading that. I was like, what if I made a company like that and then fucking sold it? Would you be like sad? Like, fuck, there it goes. They're just going to do some weird shit with it. Like, would it bother me? I was like, no, because I got X amount of dollars. And if they do some weird shit where it doesn't make it, you're like, well, it was fine when I had it. They fucked up. Yeah. But like the guy that sold Victoria's Secrets committed suicide, though. That motherfucker, like, because it, like, he sold it turned into. Yeah. it blew up. Oh, like right. He sold it small and it got well, Russell big. Simmons doesn't sell anything small. No. Like he's selling shit for $140 million all the time, you know. Um, so uh, so there's an article, NBC News actually, it says, I am a Muslim too, hip-hop mogul, Russell Simmons headlines. Oh, okay. So the Nation of Islam, yeah, protection stuff, yeah, that's all. It's all tight. Yeah, Farrakhan, yeah, yep. all that. Yep. yep. All tied um, in. Get your hand so. out of my pocket, the whole the whole thing. Um, and I think the importance of Russell Simmons, I, I think he's more important to rap than most people give him credit to. And I honestly, and I saw a couple of articles, I always kind of thought something like this, but I saw a couple of different like music journalists write a similar thing, which is that there's a really strong chance that rap and hip hop would have been the equivalent of disco or hair metal or some kind of one decade fad that never really got a global audience, became mainstream, became became its own permanent genre of music if it wasn't for Russell Simmons. I don't know though, because I feel like hip hop is tied to culture. And I don't but know. it was just a local New York culture. Like it yeah. didn't exist outside like of New York. Like disco wasn't culture at all, though, right? Yeah, that's it was. Just, no, that's like. It influenced clothes, fucking dance Well, no, clubs, I mean like. Music uh, genre. It was a culture. Well, that yeah. and an ethnicity tied to it as well, though, a lot. No, in the beginning, really. at least. Uh, it was mostly black in the beginning. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean. Disco? No, 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 no. Oh, hip hop. Oh, hip hop. Oh, 100%. I'm saying hip hop. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So, yeah. comparatively to like something like disco. <clears throat> I thought you were saying disco. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hair metal is white as fuck. No, hip hop is really, definitely a culture. Like, that's it, what I'm saying. It, more ingrained of a culture where I feel like it's like going to be like the people's music for that fucking ethnicity and for that culture where like disco is I mean, like. Culture could be anything, though. Like, you, yeah, you culture could create, wasn't the best word. Uh, you I'm, could create a family culture. Yeah. No, it is. It is. That's the right word. It's just disco. Disco was an era culture almost. Right. Like a culture of the era mm-hmm. as, you know, uh, hip hop well, Only because was. it passed, though, like Dave said. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but that's what people were saying. Like, yeah. they suspect that hip hop would have been really big and it would have passed and gone on and it wouldn't have. It was a yeah. fad. It would have been a fad. Not, not a culture But Russell thing, Simmons yeah. turned it into a permanent musical right. genre. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, maybe it's hard to say. That's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, it might have been, it might have had enough I don't necessarily legs. think it was just Russell Simmons. I think it was, there was a lot of people involved in making it stick around. You know what I mean? Well, there were a lot of people involved. I mean, but, we've talked but, to him. I mean, Jimmy Iovine was a big part of that. He you was. Know what I mean? It might but be, he was post Russell Simmons. It might be Simmons. comparable. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. but I mean, you, 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 it always takes, a, you know, you, one person starts it. Right. You know, not saying that, that Russell Simmons didn't do anything, but saying he started it, but, you got to have that help to finish it. Well, I you think know, this like, though, and, like and I think it was, it's comparable, like Steve Jobs iPhone. Like when yeah. would we have had a smartphone if it wasn't for Steve Jobs? Yeah, it may have been ten years late. It would have come. Yeah, but it might have taken yeah. a lot longer. He was. See, I think it's highly fucking. I, I, I no? fully disagree with that. I think it's more like grunge, and if Nirvana never blew up, right, grunge wouldn't have been a thing. It would have been a local Seattle scene kind of a music deal that came and went. 
And I don't think it, I think it took a, yeah, per, I think it took, I guess you're right. Technology that, to is put an, it on the map. Technology is almost inevitability. It's not like, uh, something else would come instead of a smartphone yeah. because someone else came right. up with it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It would just, so, it's inevitable that sooner yeah, or later, sooner or later, some, somebody, whether it's LG or Philips is coming yeah. up with a flat screen. Right. Yeah. Like, like hip hop you know, is like not it, inevitable. It, yeah. Right. I guess it, cause yeah, it's, you're right. It's, it's creativity. It's, it's, a style, it's on a, yeah. yeah, it's on a thing. Yeah. And it's, and it's evolved too. It's really hypothetical, but that's what, that's what a lot of people theorize. And I, I tended to, agree especially when you look at the beginning of hip-hop because everything was just you know even the stuff that ends up becoming fairly big like it wasn't big it was just some local shit that djs in new york were spinning and that was the fucking end of it um but he he kind of stepped in and and changed everything and it's one of those things like you you have to have like if if you don't have somebody that can figure out um i I was watching a thing with jay-z and he was saying you know his uncle uh, was telling him like, you know, he want you know, Jay-Z want to, I'm going to sell a million albums, you know, I'm going to sell a million records or whatever. And his uncle's telling him like, how are you going to do that? How? Right. You know what I mean? So you have, you know, and basically his thing was saying like, don't listen to the people that are putting their fears on you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But, but this is that thing where you have a local band and most local bands, same thing with podcasts, don't know how to like, and and I've always asked that question. Well, we how reach we five thousand people. How do we reach ten thousand? How? Right. How do we do that? How? 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 It makes a difference when you say it like uh, that. It's it more impactful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You guys reacted to it, right? Yeah. It's, so it's the Wilson method. Yes, exactly. How? Yeah. And and uh, so that that's you need that person right you know what i mean you need somebody to show you champion it and to be champion it to be that to, yeah you know. to, to to be like and have the ideas you have the idea man who's gonna say like this is how we're gonna do it exactly we're gonna take you guys this is the path you yeah. don't see it but this is what we're gonna do right. you know and that's and, kind of the things that happen and a lot of people look at him and they they you know they specifically cite jay-z and diddy and all these other, you know, even like Suge Knight, like all, not so much Suge Knight, I guess, <laughs> but like other, cause there's those handful of like hip hop moguls that yeah. are worth hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars and they're in every media and they own clothing lines and they, and it's like, it's all the blueprint that Russell yeah. Simmons laid out for well, himself think, and everybody yeah. else is like, yo, let's just follow that path. Yeah. And I mean, know? even, even like Dr. Dre and them did it, you know, when, when gangster rap became a thing, they, they took something that wasn't around, right? They took something that didn't exist and made it exist. For sure. You know what I mean? They made it big, you yeah. know? So, yeah. um, they, they did the same thing on a different scale. Uh, you know, you, you're taking as, I mean, anybody could start a music genre like even nowadays people have done it there's new shit and you're like what the fuck is that like that's fucking you have skrillex doing fucking you know edm with fucking hip-hop you know or some weird shit you know and it's become you know not necessarily just that but uh new sub i guess subsets of of genres or whatever you know have came out because people have championed them and people have moved them forward, whether yeah, it be yeah. fucking radio stations, Warner Brothers, whoever the fuck it is, you know what I mean? Or Def Jam themselves have said, this artist is the fucking one we're pumping, right. you know? Right. They're, they're making it happen Yeah. Um, through dollars, yes. you know? Yep. So he starts off, uh, he's um, born in Jamaica, Queens, New York, um, and yeah, uh, his parents, um, his dad or his his uh his dad was a school teacher and a poet 
and his mom was the recreation directors for the New York City Department of Parks and painted. So there's already like a lot of art mm-hmm. um, involved in the household. And uh, they moved to Hollis, Queens, which is I only know of because of Run DMC. They would often rap about Hollis, Queens, because I think that I think every, I think Run and DMC both came from Hollis, Queens. And I think Jam Master J was from New York, but not there. I might be wrong. Um, but anyway, the at the time, I have no idea what what Queens is like right now, but at the time it was all about drugs and gangs. So it was not yeah. a good neighborhood to live in. I don't think Queens is all that hot right now. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. I, think I have it's absolutely that, no it's the outskirts yeah. across the bridge from Manhattan, you okay. know, like it's it's a it's a yeah, might still be rough. Um but in in a interview he gave in 2013, he said that Queens at the time was destroyed by drugs. He said everybody shot dope. I used every drug there is, but it didn't make me a bad person. It made me a sad person and a diseased person. And uh, he ran, uh, he ran with a street gang, which might have the best gang name I've ever heard in my life. It was the Seven Immortals. Oh yeah, that's fucking yeah. badass, dude. That's so, some Wu Tang shit right there. Yeah. So Google search on Google says that uh, Epit is Queens, New York, a good place to live. And this is now is twenty twenty two. It says not only is Queens one of the safest boroughs in New York, oh, wow. but it's also a great place for families to buy a home. So it must have got so, gentrified. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um so unless they're lying and they're just trying to get people to move in there. Yeah, true. Yeah. So his dad was <laughs> as he was getting older, his dad was concerned that he was running with the bad crowd and uh he made him get a job at Orange Julius in Greenwich Village. And uh, he got fired a month later for getting pissed off and throwing oranges at customers. (laughs) Well, they have to be processed to eat. That was probably the problem. He was like, these dirty, uh, these are unprocessed California backyard oranges. Dirty ass fucking oranges. Do either of you guys want grapefruit for any reason? I have a fucking ton of grapefruit. I don't like grapefruit. grapefruit. Plus, grapefruit's a weird one. You can't have it if you're on medications and shit. Like, you can't give that shit away. Everyone's scared of it. It makes your medication like yeah, it does some double. Weird shit. It like doubles mm-hmm. the effectiveness. It'll fucking mess you up if you're on certain pills. Yeah. Um, the but one of his friends who was a in a member of the Seven Immortals, um, wasn't one of the Seven Immortals because he was uh, killed in a gangland shooting, making him one of the mortals. Um, <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, yeah. But again, they so never. Immor- it's like the fuzzy wuzzy was a bear. Well, the thing story, is, you join or, the gang. Yeah. There's seven immortals. You're not one of them. You're just in the gang. Yeah. So obviously, the guy that got That's shot. A kung was, Fu fucking gang. Fuck, yeah, man. it's such a great name, dude. The Seven Immortals. That's like Did a you look it up at all. Like with Jackie Chan, you know, starring Jackie Chan yeah, yeah. and Jet Li. Sounds fuck like a Wu Tang album. Fuck yeah, yeah, it does, dude. It's great. I think that is a movie or something. It like might that. be. It sounds very that might familiar. be even where they took it from because the there immortals, is a big. There's yeah. a big culture of. I mean, which is the whole point of Wu Tang. Yeah. It's like I mean, there is a like there, black subculture yeah. that loved kung fu, movies. and there is a Chinatown in. Uh, in Queens, in that area, I mean, yeah, should cover so. it. Says the Seven Immortals were another one of NY's notorious, or, or not notorious, vicious street gangs. Um, at the time, they were responsible for the first gang meeting truce in the Bronx. Oh wow, Seven Immortals, the most vicious. And that one, was back in like the Warriors days, where it, it was so like, Warriors. Yeah. Look at that where, shit. Yeah, where the there same? were probably a hundred and fifty yeah. gangs in New yeah. York that were all these small. You know, they weren't unified. They yeah. it wasn't like the bloods this group and the of crimps. It was just yeah. like, yeah, this neighborhood <laughs> is a gang. 
you know, but so he was in the seven immortals. One of them got shot and that, uh, made him drop out of gang life. And, uh, he goes to the city college of New York in Harlem where he starts to major in sociology. And so the bands, the black Cobras, this is kind of fucking the dope, black man. Cobras. This is, all these little bands are bands. Gangs, gangs have fucking they kinda cool are bands. Great names. Yeah. yeah kind of. Yeah. Yeah. The um, black Cobras, the seven immortals. So when he's there, he meets a, a guy it's named... Kung Fu as fuck. Fuck yeah. yeah, it is. Black Cobra and the Seven Immortals. Ah, yeah, you would it. never meet my style. <laughs> Black Cobra. <laughs> oh, Black Mortal. Cobra, strike fast. Yeah. <laughs> seven um, Immortals cannot die. He meets a cat named Rudy Toppin, uh, who gives him the nickname of Rush, which ends up sticking. That becomes the name of his over... Like, even as he's selling corporations, he builds up. Like, the Rush Corporation is like the the mother corporation that he never sells. That's like the one that's building up the other ones and and doing all this stuff. But um, he ends up introducing him um, to uh, an early uh, rapper and musician named Eddie Chiba. So in 1977, um, he went and saw MC Eddie Chiba rapping in a club. And it was the first time he saw hip hop. And he said, quote, I felt like I just witnessed the invention of the wheel. Chiba is slang for weed. So, yeah. You know, Eddie had that fucking Fuck yeah. Chiba. So he leaves college his senior year to become a full-time promoter. No one, just like, which at the time is what you would do. You would promote shows and you would try to get like a local DJ and a local MC, you know, and it wasn't even like the MC, like the whole thing it was an evolution. Like there would be big block parties and you would need an MC to say this DJ is going to come up and this band is going to come up. And if the MC could be funny and could like, throw out little rhymes, you know, like Dolomite, you know, then everybody would love the party and it would be a bigger deal. And then that just evolves into the MC being a rapper who could rap the whole time. The DJ would start to play music on the turntables by scratching instead of just playing music on the turntable. It's sort of the evolution of everything. That's and crazy. he, he promotes a What's what that, young, it? what young immortals, That's the young immortals or the seven immortals, younger. Oh, damn. True. Um, they had fucking, they were three patched out. Like, yeah, it were. all looks like biker shit. Yeah. 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 Um, so he, uh, puts all of his money together, th- does, does one big promotion. Hardly anyone shows up and he's fucking broke. He spent all of his money, all of his clout. So his first attempt at being a promoter just didn't work. Um, his father's pissed off and tells him he has to go back to school and uh, he doesn't want to. And then his mom on the sly gives him $2,000 to tr- to do more promoting, but says at least stay in school and then keep doing the promoting. So he goes back to school, but he, he pretty much drops out. He's just staying there so he can live in the dorms. And when he's in the dorms, he's doing music promotion. He's uh, trying to get more concerts put together. And when he's at one of the parties, he meets a, a young guy named Curtis Walker and uh, Curtis Walker uh, signs him under rush management as the first person he signs. And they rename him just like Eddie Chiba is named after uh, marijuana. They name him Curtis blow yeah. named after cocaine. And uh, Curtis blow is just, he's one of the all time greats. Like just, he's so unique. Like in basketball, if I ruled the world, his Christmas rap, like there's there's nothing like him just rocking the fucking Jerry Curl mullet. Like Curtis Blow is the shit. <laughs> like 
like doing his little <laughs> rap, like in the middle of his raps. I think like, when you're refer- like the pioneers of that, it's like, what are you doing? Like the, when you look back at it, it's almost, it's like almost seems like satire or something. It's very, it's very raw. It's very primitive. Yeah. And the thing is that like, you can listen to like, if you listen to if I ruled the world, like there's still like a musicality to it. It's like, right. you can't help but be like, that's kind of fucking dope. Like that's a dope track. Yeah. Yeah. Like his rhymes are really primitive, but he sells it. He's got the charisma to sell it. The music's really cool. Um, I mean, back back then, the all their like flow and rhymes were all the same. It yeah, was yeah, very simple, for sure. very yep, elementary, for sure. For sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, that's what it was, you know. And I think honestly, I think it's one of they, the reasons that we Run talked DMC about it in Run DMC because they were the first one to break that up because they did that. It's like that, that that's the yeah, way. But we know, we go back and forth. With but each we other. talked about we talked about how they kept their stuff simple. Because that was, that was, they changed it up a little bit, mm-hmm. but they kept the beats and the rhyme simple. And that was a way that they were able to, uh, continue their growth. And, right. and it, it, uh, they got more popular off it basically. Basically. Because we had talked about that they did, um, uh, some more complicated stuff and it wasn't, right. It wasn't hitting like right. they wanted it to. So they kept it simple. Right. Uh, and to be honest, everybody followed did, Beastie Boys. They you know did a what lot I mean? of complicated right shit with their that. music. Like the way, like from day one, the way they incorporated like seriously hard rock guitar riffs yeah. that typically someone yeah. in a black neighborhood yeah, never would have listened yeah, to. Like yeah. it was just, yeah, it was like, unbelievable. It was unparalleled. Yeah. Run EMC Square didn't make it. It was no. too, no. it was too yeah, complex. It was too cerebral. Yeah. Um, a lot of formulas. Um, but so, yeah, he, he <laughs> forms MC Rush Square. Management. He signs Curtis Blow. Um, they uh, record a single together. This is right when Rapper's Delight comes out. So this is 1979. And it gets a lot of radio play in New York. And it actually gets a little bit of radio play out of New York and starts yeah. to pick up. So they're like, oh, fuck, we could actually do something with this. And uh, this, I didn't know this. This was fucking dope. So. They the the his first big song Christmas rapping, um, Russell Simmons got a machine like pressed the vinyl himself and put stickers on it for Curtis Blow whatever and faked these stickers that said Polygram Records and fake it till you make it and it yeah. wasn't Polygram Records yeah. he couldn't get a record deal anywhere but he starts going to actual radio DJs and party DJs that were doing the promotion because yeah, if it's on a record label yeah and he's giving yeah. them these very professional looking records that are from Polygram <laughs> yeah. and and then it starts to blow up on the radio it starts to get a lot of play at parties. And all of a sudden, everybody starts calling Polygram. We want this saying, artist. "Yo, how do we get this Curtis Blow record?" Like, no, none of the record stores have it. Like, record stores are calling and asking yeah. for it. So they're like, "Can someone find out what the fuck a Curtis Blow album is?" Yeah. And they find out, and then Polygram ends up signing Curtis yeah. Blow, like because yeah. of this. Fu- that's smart. such a smart hustle, yeah. dude. That's so good. Now you just get a cease and desist. Oh yeah, it wouldn't work at all. Now. But at that point, they're like, everybody's calling trying to buy this record, so we should be selling it. Dude, I, yeah, there was a, I, if they I, want it, we can give it to them. Yeah. These dudes had a podcast and they were just like, we got the world famous whiskey wall. Like people just send us whiskey and shit. And then they yeah. ended up with like 270 bottles of whiskey in the studio. Exactly. It's fucking yeah. Like crazy. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Fake it, fake it till you make it. Yeah. 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 Let's make the website look really fucking professional. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah I remember yeah. a lot of that stuff. Remember when we, we took a tour all over uh, in our van? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah. Like, yeah. Hugely popular. Uh, we should do that again. Yeah, yeah visiting yeah. all the cities yeah. you know, on behalf of El Yucateco. Yeah. We should do that again yeah. for the first time. We should. Um, so by 1982, um, Joey Simmons 
AKA Reverend Run, um, joins up with Daryl Mack, DMC, and Jam Master J, and uh, they create Run DMC. And uh, they were already, from what I read, it sounded like they were already doing it, regardless of what Russell Simmons was doing. They were already a hip hop group. They were already rapping. They were already doing parties. Um, but I can't imagine they ever thought they weren't going to be doing it with Russell Simmons. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, you thought about doing it with Russell Simmons. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Some people didn't want to do it with Russell Simmons. We'll yes, get to that. We'll get to that, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. His um, cousin, Mustard Clemens. Yeah, you remember Mustard yeah, Clemens. Yeah, old Mustard. Yeah, the yeah. old Mustard rap. Yeah. There's only so many ways yeah. you can rhyme Dijon. He knew Spicy he Brown. He exhausted it all in his first yeah, song. Spicy Brown used to hang with yeah, yeah, yeah. Mustard Clemens. For sure. Yeah, Dijon, Filet Mignon. Yep. Like, it was like, yeah. yeah. It's Didi Jean. Yeah. Didi Jean. Yeah, he had he he didn't have a genre. It was a D genre. Yeah. It was music. <laughs> He's like, "Come on, catch oh. up, pickles." <laughs> so, uh, look at the buns on her. They Get drop. The it's like there. that, and sucker MCs, and uh, it uh, has a huge impact. Blows up. And because of those two songs, he can he signs a deal with Run DMC with Profile Records, that at the time wasn't shit, but became shit once Run DMC blew up. Um, and uh, they became the first, in 1984, they became the first rap album to be certified gold. Uh, Russell Simmons usually produced a couple of songs on the albums, but he wasn't really the best producer. His main thing was promotions, yeah, uh, running the, the record label, getting people signed. Um, and I, I really had to stop and think about this. Like in the late seventies, early eighties, a black kid from Queens just said, yo, I'm going to just start a record label. Right. That wasn't what a thing. the fuck. Yeah. Like that wasn't a thing. You're not no. just, I'm going to start producing songs I mean, myself. It was and like, just the auto, start a it's label. like the automotive industry. You wouldn't like, there was capital records. There was like big shit. Yeah. It wasn't like, I'm just going to start a car company. Now everybody's like, I'm yeah. going to start my own label. I'm going to sign some acts. But he like it did wasn't it though. He was yeah. like, all I got to do is press these records. I yeah. did it. You find the guy, you record <laughs> yeah. the stuff, you put it on Hustle. these records, you put a label on it. Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's the how I was talking about. Right. Everybody else is like, how would you even do that? Yeah. He's like, just fucking do it. You just do it. He's like, put somebody else's name on it. didn't say polygram. What if it said Def Jam? Right. That's all you had to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's easy. Well, it if it changes the label. But yeah. the thing is, though, it had to say Polygram. Right. That was the only movie at, the, at that made. point. At that time. Because then yeah. Curtis Blow saying, blows up because he's on Polygram. And then, but he's also with Rush Records. So then, yeah. you know. That's what I'm saying. But he realized I did everything I need to be a record label. I did the promotion, I did uh-huh. the production. And then yeah. I fucking pressed the vinyl. I did the packaging. I did distribution. I did all the things. The label just doesn't say my label. Right. But now that you got some fucking money behind you and a star. Well, distribution was still the choke point yeah. that even yeah. went down to Prince. Like he still, even when he wanted nothing to do with any record label, he so still had to deal with Warner Brothers because I can't print millions of records, yeah, right. distribute them yeah, all around the have, world. Yeah. Like, but these Warner Brothers already digitally, does that. digitally, you Dig- can that's do that a different now. story. Yeah. yeah. Now, now you, you can feel do like that with now. Prince money, you fucking can just, I'm going to make But a even early, early Prince though, he like, I mean, it was There's still the a lot of logistics there. Yeah. You, you can make, you you can you could get them all printed yeah but the problem is you need to have the link to all the stores to yeah. get them in yeah. and that's and where the he finally label reached has, a point where he could do that but really that yeah. was i don't think that was so much prince as it was that was just the nature of logistics and the world opening up and databases saying oh we could ship the records to this warehouse and that where like that all became easier to tap into and yeah. you didn't need to be warner brothers or yeah or you know something I to do go it. back in time walk back into a sam goody and like, look at all that fucking shit that's just sitting on the shelf. Like, 
back when I bought two live crew and whatever, yeah. like what other things did I just not know about? Oh yeah, cool, like, for sure. A lot of shit. Um, leave them in the package, put them on a shelf. So, um, and again, we did a whole thing on, on run DMC. So definitely check out that episode if you want to know more about them, but they became, they became the, the first rap act to appear on MTV first rap act to go gold. And a lot of it is, is because of Russell Simmons. So he starts out of his dorm room still at New York. Now he's at New York university. Uh, he starts uh def jam, um, because he was out of his dorm, he was still sort of living in the dorm, signing up for classes, but not attending any classes, just so he had a dorm room to work out of um, in like a neighborhood that basically it was an address he could like get shit mailed to, <laughs> you know, yeah. that was a good address. Um, but uh, he uh, met Rick Rubin at a nightclub called the Danceteria in Manhattan that's a bullshit and, name. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. The Wateria, whenever you see those mm-hmm. on the side of the road. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. Mexican water dispensers. I'm yeah. like, that sounds terrible. That's going to give you the shits. Yep. <laughs> dirty the water. The Wateria? I'm not yep. getting water from there. Yeah. So um, Rick Rubin was, he studied music and uh, he was a punk rocker. He he had already done some like low key uh, uh, record production and the two of them just clicked and they realized like we're both what the other one needs yeah. to be successful. You know, Russell Simmons is just a hustler. He's shaking hands and opening doors and getting fucking deals signed. And Rick Rubens could really handle the musical side of the business. So even they got though, one of those broken heart necklaces and they put the piece together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the a couple of years later, they shit. took it apart again. Yeah. But, um, so even though Def Jam had already existed for a year, Russell Simmons was like, we're 50, 50 partners on this. Like we both own Russell, you know, we both own Def Jam equally and so it was him and Rick Rubin and Rick Rubin was really huge behind the Beastie Boys. If you go back to our Beastie Boys episode, did we do Rick Rubin? Um, did we talk, we, did we didn't Rick, do Rick Rubin. We, didn't do we Rick just Rubin talked, episode. we talked about him mostly in regard to, to the Beasties and Beasties Run DMC. And Run DMC yeah. yeah. Um, so then he signs, uh, the 16 year old LL Cool J with, I need a beat. I don't know. LL Cool J was 16 when he first yeah, did some shit. Yeah. Young, yeah. Young. And he blows up, um, Def Jam pretty much is just infallible from 82 to 88. They just, they fucking did it like licensed to ill. Um, I'm so sad. I didn't buy that Def Jam jacket in the fucking store. Oh, yeah, I'm an dude. idiot. That's fucking, I, yeah, I, I was broke. I, I was so broke yeah. at that point though. It was like, it would have been a big deal to spend 40 bucks. It was like, I'd have given you 40 bucks. Fool. I know, bro. I, <laughs> I, I left and broke. I like, I went back like the next day it was gone. Like the, that day, like someone Fuck walked yeah, past was. me. Got, someone was probably watching my ass, set that back yeah. on the rack. And yeah. like, Oof, it had a record sleeve in the fucking back. Yeah, dude, that's tight. <sighs> it was crazy. Hmm. Um, I wonder how much that's worth. I want to find that. Uh, my again, he's he's the reason that my Adidas gets made because Run DMC is already wearing Adidas track suits and wearing or whatever. They'd wear different brands as well. But Russell Simmons was smart enough to be like, yo, your shit's blowing up. Like, let's see if we can sign a deal. Like if we can get a sponsorship from Adidas. And it's like, when has that happened? What musician yeah, has had right. a fucking sponsorship from a major clothing? Not label? at that time. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. So they sign. That's where my Adidas comes from, which blows him up even more. Uh, just that side hustles that he's doing. And um, then uh, he 
Um, I mean, and Adidas is smart for doing it. Fuck yeah, you know they what I mean? are. Like they recognize the opportunity, and yep. they're like, "Fuck it, what do we have to lose?" They already knew. Like we're, we we're just got to give these guys some shoes. Yeah, we like, can't they can be use our Nike logo on being athletic. Like Nike yeah. stole athletics from <laughs> us. We can at least be hip hop. Yeah. You know, we can still be street and have our own little our own little niche. Um, I think it was worth like seven hundred dollars. Damn, dude. Yeah, it was like a, it looked like it's called a Def Jam varsity jacket, but I don't know if that's the same exact one. But it had like you know the sleeves like a like a right. Letterman jacket Letterman. or something. I don't know if that had the record thing in the back. That could have been something else. Um, then uh, Russell Simmons discovers Public Enemy, and uh, I can't I can't say enough about Public Enemy. How awesome they are! What an impact they had on me! What an impact they had on East Coast hip hop! Just their fucking ridiculous in your face black activism. Right. There was nothing like it. Like it was like a scares white people rap album. I like to they, think like, I like to think that Brad was influenced on SWAT PC's logo by def, by uh by public enemy. It looks like the public enemy fucking logo. Like they'll sign up top. Oh right. It does. It yes, looks it just does. like it. It does. Maybe subconsciously it did. I never tell. <laughs> fucking love public enemy. God damn, I love public enemy. Um, the only reason why he's your friend, Brent. See, yeah, yeah. I think that you wouldn't even have it. you wouldn't even have Dave as a friend. Yeah. if it wasn't for me. Well, I appreciate it, bro. It was, ju- it was just half black enough to get me in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also signed on Slick Rick, which you don't hear enough about. But Slick Rick was—I don't think we'd have Snoop Dogg if it wasn't for Slick Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, all these acts, you know, blowing up all over the country. Since he's got all these acts that are now selling records. And they're all through Def Jam. He can put them all on massive tours and just send them, you know, which is where the real money is made in music is those ridiculous fucking stadium tours. And he's selling out, you know, like I said, I went to Fresh Fest that was fucking half of these people plus the fat boys. Um, But he starts doing tons of concerts. He's just promoting everything. Uh, He gets into film. Um, The Wall Street Journal, as early as 1985, called him the mogul of rap because there wasn't a popular rap act in 85 that wasn't fucking backed by Russell Simmons. It just didn't exist. Um, He uh, co-produces Crush Groove in 1985. I encourage everyone who likes hip hop to go back and watch Crush Groove. And I warn you in advance that it's fucking terrible. Oh, it's bad. It is so bad. It is such a terrible movie. All right, I wrote um, it down just now, but I might cross it out. It's pretty bad. It's it's, but it's bad in all the right ways. Okay, it's not as bad as the Fat Boys movie Disorderlies. Oh, I've seen that, which is even w- right. way worse than Crush Groove. But again, worse in all the right ways. Disorderlies is one of the be- most entertaining hour and a half of movies you can what ever are they doing? watch. They work like Disorderlies. Old Folks Home or Sane Asylum or something. Well, they're, what are they doing? They're orderlies. Yeah. Disorderlies. Yeah. Um, I watched it. And they end up uh, moving into a mansion with a, a white guy who, if I remember right, is in a coma. I knew it's a medical thing. Mm. That's why I couldn't yeah, remember. Yeah. 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 And, the, and the hilarity ensues. Okay. I'm just going to say that. But uh, Crush Groove. But again, even though it's a garbage movie, it's about a guy named Russell Walker, who was played by Blair Underwood. It was Blair Underwood's first role. And it's basically Russell Simmons. It's like he just started a thing in his dorm room. He's signing all these acts, uh, playing Run DMC was Run DMC, mm-hmm. playing LL Cool J was LL Cool J. Um, uh, Curtis Blow is in it. Sheila E., the Beastie Boys, New Edition, Fat Boys, Chaka Khan, Debbie Harry, the Gap Band, Full Force, 
those of you playing the drinking game, I just fucked you up. Um, <laughs> but that was um, like if you were like if you were into hip hop, you went and fucking saw Crush Groove at the theater because everybody that you liked was in it. Sheila E. kind of didn't fit because she wasn't really hip hop. She was a drummer for Prince, um, but she played the the love interest in it. Um, I met Sheila E. No shit. And I, she was wearing one of Prince's jackets, and I touched the jacket. No shit. So I, t- I touched. Where a Prince and how jacket. did that happen? My sister you when touched she, a Prince jacket touched, on Sheila. I touched a Prince jacket on Sheila E. Which was probably better than me touching a Prince jacket on Prince because that would have got real weird real quick. Um, you might have wanted it. It was at. Uh, he wouldn't have needed ten million dollars to. It was to give Prince a blowjob. Yeah, when my sister wrote for Blossom. Um, a little next humble brag. That's not a humble next. brag. Yeah, that's he, embarrassing he and awful. Blossom was awesome, but, but she used to like. She had to go to every taping. And she worked with, like, she lived in the same apartment building as a bunch of other screenwriters. And uh, one of her closest friends was a writer on the TV show Different World, the Cosby spinoff about black, a black college. I just and, bought Crush Groove on DVD and it'll be in the next hot sack next week. Nice. <laughs> you guys better fucking step up for that shit. But anyway, I've, a friend of hers wrote for that. They were doing a Christmas party. And we were in LA visiting Cindy, and he was like, "Oh, you just come to, come to the uh, the different world Christmas party," and I was like, "Okay." So we went, and it's just a Hollywood party, just fucking tons of ridiculously expensive free food and drink. And I didn't drink at the time, and we hung out, and all of a sudden Sheila E was there, and uh, he talked to her and knew I was a huge fan, and he was like, "Oh, come on," introduced me to her, and was oh, like, shit. "This is Dave. He's a good fan." and she like shook my hand and then talked to me for a couple of minutes and then gave me a hug oh. as she left. And as soon as she gave me a hug, I was like, I wasn't like, oh, fuck, I just hugged Sheila E. Did you go I low? was like, you let her hand ride a little lower no, back? I was very, no? very respectful. respectful? But right. she hugged me. And as she was pulling away, I was like, that's one of Prince's jackets. Mm. I was like, I wasn't impressed that I hugged Sheila E. I was impressed that I hugged Prince's jacket. <laughs> yeah, it was filled with <laughs> Sheila E. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, she was. Hey, the, I mean this. She was the delivery. System. I mean this article on um, Billboard, and they said that Rick Rubin. You said Rick Rubin created Def Jam. He was the Russell Simmons created it, but then he signed on a year later. It says in '83, Rick Rubin creates Def Jam recordings. It says the 20 year old came up with the idea sitting in a dorm room in New York, Weinstein, New York University dorm room. Yeah, I don't think that's accurate because it would have been uh, in Russell Simmons' dorm room. And from everything I read, he had already started Def Jam and then brought Rubens on. I only watched his rape allegations, to be honest. I know a lot about that. Either way, right from the beginning, they were partners. Like they were 50-50 Def Jam. Yeah. I know this. I just bought Disorderlies on DVD, and that's also going to be a price. Fantastic. Um, So, but Rick Rubens comes on, and then in 88, he leaves the label. Um, and no one really knew why no one ever talked about it. They just, everyone assumed it was some sort of unresolved differences. Uh, in 2016, uh, Russell Simmons said to billboard that they had different, uh, they had creative differences, but he also said that the creative differences weren't insurmountable, which implies he left for some other reason. But either way, when Rick Rubens leaves, he fucking sells his half to Universal Music Group to $120 million. 
goddamn. Yeah, fuck Universal. And that's 1988. Yeah. When you, when you see who, uh, who originally dollars. owned Def Jam, Russell Simmons is number one, but it says founded 1983 by Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin. But yeah, it, I don't know. This this article could be yeah. wrong. It's just Billboard my suspicion music. might be that he had Rush Productions and had started, but maybe he had just got everything in line to start Def Jam Records and have a record label. But maybe he met, like maybe he was already putting that in yeah, motion. I, when he I met think I Rick found Rubin what Brad found though. It says Def Jam was co-founded by Rick, Rick Rubin in yeah. his dormitory in Weinstein Hall at the New York University, and uh, yeah. it says Russell Simmons joined really Rubin knows. shortly after. Weird, because um, I read the exact opposite. Hmm. Well, at least we addressed so. that we may be wrong. Don't yeah. base any of your research papers right. on any yeah, of our yeah, episodes yeah. for the record. So either way, so the part we got right is dorm room. Yeah. Yes. And, and Weinstein, be, and Weinstein they, University. And yeah. they became partners. Yes. So and one two, of the two yeah. started it. The they're, other one, they were introduced by DJ Jazzy J. That's who introduced them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. And the Prince of Freshness. Yeah. You remember him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he uh, punched Rock Lobster in the face at the Grammys this year. Yeah. Mm. Um, his brother, his brother Marbleton. You know him? No, I didn't. Know or his Marbles. cousin? Is it his cousin? Man. Yeah, it's his cousin Marbleton. They got a ton of Carls. It was a bunch. Huh? Oh, yeah. I got you. I, was even I had to get for Dave. Yeah, wasn't even tracking. What? You don't know who Marbleton is? No, I do now. It's the cowboy. It's the black cowboy for Marble yeah. for a different demographic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's leaning against like a, a but it's like the fresh air like prince's urban cousin. wall, not not a yeah. It's the fresh air prince's cousin. <laughs> fresh air, the prince fresh air better. prince. Yeah, yeah. No, that's even better. Yeah. So this one confused me as well. So in '94, Simmons does one of his first. I'm at the peak, so I'm going to sell this company. Moves. I'm still waiting for the exercise videos and shit. When's that going to happen? What exercise? Mm-hmm. Come, Come on, on, ladies. Russell Simmons. Yeah. Come on, ladies. Oh, yeah, when's he get yeah. into that? Is oh, that we'll later? Get, we'll get there. Yeah, Is that oh, in the okay. '90s. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he sells, so <laughs> yeah, that was a good impression. Russell Simmons sells half, half of his holding of Def Jam to Polygram for $33 million. And then they immediately sold the other half Universal. to Seagram's, oh, Seagram's, which also owns Universal okay. later. I don't know if they did at the time for 130 million. So he sells half of his stake to 30 for 33 million to Polygram. Then he sells the other half to 130 million to Seagram's, which owns Polygram. Confusing. So it's very fucking. It was confusing. probably that was probably a play for taxes or some shit. Something. Or so he ends up he ends up getting yeah. 160 million by selling his half by selling his half of Def Jam to two different companies that are owned by the same company. So good for him. Yeah, it says here Weird Russell Stover. Russell Stover. Uh, Shared or sold his shares for a hundred million. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, this this article's weird. Oh, maybe that's it though. Maybe he sold. Maybe it was saying he sold it for a total of a hundred and thirty million. Maybe he sold it to Polygram for thirty, and then to- the other one to a hundred for a total of a hundred and thirty. Yeah. Know. Um. Yeah. So- Seagram's Universal Music Group brought Russell Stover's share. For a hundred million. Okay, so the total was a yeah, hundred. Yeah, he sold all his chocolate. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Def Jam's still there. It still makes hip hop. Um, yeah. He pops. J. Yeah, Z runs it. Yep, yeah. Jay Z runs it. Um, and then so he starts to branch out, and he creates. To be honest, like one of my favorite television things when I was in college, every single Friday night was watching Def Comedy Jam on HBO. It was that. fucking great. It was 
there was nothing like it on TV. It was just this place for all these, and most of them were black, but it was just like an urban uh, stand up. It's probably where my love of stand up really came from was watching that every week. Um, and uh, it was um, him and a guy named Stan Latham and Martin Lawrence for a chunk of it was the host. I, I remember he, they switched hosts at some point. But it was where we basically got Martin Lawrence, Cedric the Entertainer, Chris Tucker, um, the whole idea like that, uh, what was it called? That movie that was like the four black comedians, King, only, the real kings of comedy. Real kings of comedy. Um, I don't think that, I can't scratch the, I don't think, that wouldn't have existed without Def Comedy Jam that built the audience. There's uh, only 11 that. episodes of Def Comedy Jam. Really? That's what it says. Was it just on fucking repeat? Because I just found it on DVD. Um, all eleven like, episodes. Like, I watched one. it for years. Russell Simmons. I watched Def it all. Comedy Jam, it must have just, all eleven episodes on DVD. It Russell. must have just been constantly on repeat. Yeah, and it's multiple. It's well, each episode has multiple comedians, so it, like eleven would make like if there's three comedians, it feels like there was thirty three stand-ups. You know what I mean? So if there was more than that, right. then it feels even more. And they also and maybe I'm conflating it with Deaf Poetry Jam. Right. Which I didn't love nearly as much as Deaf Comedy Jam. But again, it was like for a long time, it was really popular. Um, maybe for, it's the year is why. Was that something. just one season yeah. or something? Maybe that's like 2007 or Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know there's more. Here we go. Yeah, there's more. Okay. Lots more. Yeah. Fuck so it. I uh, guess Paul Rosenberg's the CEO of Def Jam right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but then they do Deaf, Deaf uh, Poetry Jam. It became Deaf Poetry on Broadway, won a Tony Award. Um, and like, even right now, there's still like poetry slams that try to get like urban, like that kind of modern day, like urban poetry readings that happen. Um, that was, a, don't get me wrong, it's not like Russell Simmons invented that. That was already happening all through New York, but he knew. Like same thing, like black stand up comedy was happening all through New York. It was part of the culture. He saw it. He was like, know, let's put that shit on Young TV. Martin Lawrence and fucking yeah. some funny shit in here. And the same thing with that poetry. Those poetry things were already happening and he was like, let's fucking put it on TV. And I think most deaf was the host of Deaf Poetry Jam, right? I remember um, right. Um But and then I didn't know this. He was also producer of uh, Eddie Murphy's The Nutty Professor. So he branches into Hollywood. Yeah, no um, staff. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, at about that point, he launches. Uh, oh, and I also forgot he did the movie uh, Tougher Than Leather with Run DMC. Um, but he he then he launches Fat Farm, um, which for a good long time was like the black clothing line. Like Fat Farm was it. Like it was like the coolest shit you were going to wear was Fat Farm. PH Fat. Uh, Well, I I would say there were like two conflicting styles at that time. There was Fat Farm that kind of represented the way the the East Coast looked. And then there was fucking khakis and a dicky. I feel like Fubu was was only ever a Marshalls. (laughs) <laughs> no, Fubu was pretty big. You de- yeah. Dude, every time you went to TJ Maxx or Marshall, yeah, yeah, yeah. full of Fubu. That's, that's, where, was yeah. in there. that's where ghetto people shop. Yeah, yeah there's a ton of Fubu in there. But I think like the West Coast gangster rap was like, "Fuck your fat farm, fuck all that shit." Yeah. I got no logo. I got fucking yeah. I got a dicky shirt and Dickie. some fucking Ben pleated. Davis too. Yeah, Ben big. Davis ben and Davis pleated khakis. Big, yeah. uh, that that was kind of the look, um, yeah. which cracks me up. Like, y'all, I'll still see Ice Cube like go on an interview and he's just wearing a fucking black dicky shirt. 
Yeah. I'm like, motherfucker is a millionaire multiple times yeah. over. They're yeah. comfortable. Like, they're, they're comfortable, comfortable yeah. as fuck. Maybe you don't know, though, that that's like made for him. Might like, be. He's got yeah, a fucking yeah, custom tailor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Ice Cubies. Yeah. Now. Um, so he launches Fat Farm. Maddox, actually, that's funny. I wonder if that's his influence. So he got the Ice Cube shirt. Yeah. And now he just told me, he's like, Dad, my uh, jeans quit, uh, keep ripping. I want uh, Dickies. Yeah. I was like, do they even make Dickies? When he starts Small telling you the yeah. white man's keeping him down, then yeah, you know well, what's no. going on. Yeah. 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 That's the Ice Cube's funny. Like, like the persona of the gangster, yet he's the college educated. Yeah. He was the smartest one out of the Fucking whole silver fucking spoon batch. motherfucker. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, it, right. it's, but it's been accepted. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like, Dr. Dre just did a song and and he says, you know, hip hop sold better than the Coke did. And I was like, motherfucker, you weren't a Coke dealer. Like, you know, right. like <laughs> right. Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre. Um, you know, and it's yeah. like, you know, like the credibility, I guess, though, it's it's just they've 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 soared to this fame level where they can just say whatever. And I mean, yeah, it's music. I, well, it's I get always it. been that. I get it. It's, it's a persona. persona. You know, it's always I get been it. That persona, I get it. But, yeah. you know, like. Real it's, gangsters, I mean, though. You for know? example, like in real life, uh, Gallagher doesn't hate watermelons. Yeah, that's true. Like he gets on stage, he can't help but smash them with a yeah. sledgehammer. But at home, he just eats them like a rational person. <laughs> so it's that persona. And Gallagher's gangster as fuck. Yeah. I Gallagher's brother. Have you seen him? I know. What you the mean fuck? Gallagher? <laughs> no, there's that brother that fucking runs around. Is it Gallagher? Is it, they is both really, just, yeah, it's oh, really it's, Gallagher. They both just Gallagher. That's, it's Gallagher <laughs> two or something, you, I think. But though. you can't stop me from calling myself it's Gallagher. Funny, yeah. It's my fucking name. Yeah. Just because I look exactly like my brother and dress exactly like him and smash watermelons exactly like him. <laughs> exactly yeah. like him. <laughs> yeah. Like, ain't that a bitch? Counterfeit Gallagher. Gallagher. Yeah. Yeah. Gallagher brothers. Yeah. 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 They're fun. Uh, Gallagher is fucking awesome. It's funny that only- when you see Gallagher it just says American comedian though. Like. Yeah. Leo Anthony Gallagher Jr. Known as. Gallagher is an American comedian. It doesn't say the other one though, but I know there was some brother shit like that. Yeah, there, there was, was another Gallagher. That came There's in. a brother, siblings, yeah. Ron Gallagher. Ron, Ron Gallagher. Click yeah, his yeah. And see what yeah. He had a bigger dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It's funny. I feel like that looks like the Gallagher. Though. See, <laughs> <laughs> are they exact twins? I don't know, I know. that they're. I don't know if they're twins. No, see, I think Leo Gallagher is the, the wrong one. The other one looks like Gallagher. Like when you see him, you're like, that's the guy. <laughs> Like, look at this picture. This is the guy. Yeah, that's the guy. What's the other? Because did one come later or something? Yeah, the other one came later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is the other Gallagher. Okay. Like, I don't know. It's an older picture though, so it's hard. Oh, that still looks a lot fucking like him. Damn it! We need to do Gallagher. Cover Gallagher to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to yeah, cover Gallagher. The Gallagher conspiracy. So he makes Fat um, Farm. Um, he spreads it to fucking three thousand retailers in the United States with specific stores in New York and Montreal. Um, He sells the company in 2004 for $140 million. Again, like right when they were probably on the verge of getting stale, he fucking cashes out for $140 million. Um, He creates a, a financial services company, um, that sell that was Unirush LLC that sold Rush credit cards that were like prepaid credit cards for fucking black people for and poor then people. And sells the green dot, and, how and then he sold it to green dot for one hundred forty-seven million dollars because they get a percentage, right? They charge up the car, but they lose like one point five percent or something. I think so. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's get, like a fee. They collect it's the same thing fee. right now. If you buy 
I mean, you can just, yeah, you go buy a prepaid Visa card to give as a present or something. It's like, oh, I want to pay a hundred, I want a hundred dollar card. It's like, it's going to cost you $107 right. or some shit. Fuck so those Visa like, cards. Yeah. It says here Gallagher on Twitter, there's a post Gallagher had to sue his own brother. Right. So I don't know. Ron Leo Gallagher. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, to, which one was which? It says, it says move. Ron Gallagher was the, oh no. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm say here. It has been widely reported that Leo Anthony Gallagher uh, has a twin brother named Ron. So like that. So that's oh, the. Maybe he is a twin brother. That so yeah. Crazier. That's funny. So um, yeah. So through all this, he still has Rush Communications, which is always his company that he never sells. And it's like the, the, the body of the Hydra that keeps spawning more corporations that he keeps selling for hundreds of millions of dollars. Um he uh, got a doctorate from a, a, like a honorary doctorate from Claremont College. Um, and he just it's like we cover a lot of rich people and like there's always like a little section of like, oh, and then they gave money to this one charity one time. But it's like this motherfucker's got a deep philo- uh, philanthropic charity list. So he was a well, that's what anybody who's ultra rich always not always. Yes. No, but they usually have like one cause and there's not like yeah. whenever we research, it's like I'm always expecting and it'll be like he's very kind, you know, uh, philanthropically. And it's like, well, he fucking did shit once to one. It's like you don't yeah. see it. But with him, it's like it's all over the place. So he's appointed goodwill ambassador for the U.N. slavery memorial at the United Nations. Um, he is an advocate for uh, veganism and animal rights. Um he supported Farm Sanctuary, which is a, a group that rescues farm animals. They've got a couple of farm sanctuaries. Erica actually uh, lived at the Farm Sanctuary in Acton for like three months and and worked there. Um, he joined. Uh, he was a member of the and a financial supporter of the Somali Mam Foundation, which was dedicated to end sex trafficking. Um, he helped organize the second Muslim Jewish conference to bring peace between the two religions in Kiev, Ukraine in 2011. Um, He is a longtime supporter of gay rights and uh, marriage equality. Um, In 2011, Lowe's, the, the box store uh, pulled funding from a show called the all American Muslim. Like they were a reality show and they did something that Lowe's didn't approve of. And they pulled out their advertising and Russell Simmons basically said, don't change the show. And if you lose any of like, I'll pay for whatever Lowe's was going to pay you. And if you lose more sponsors, I'll pay for those as well, hmm. which is fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, how much could that be? <laughs> right. Fuck be a lot. Well, I'll I pay mean, for it. Keep doing what you're doing. It's only yeah. worth 300 million. Though. Yeah. Like, fuck. At the time he was probably worth more. Yeah. Um, he, uh, big animal rights guy. And uh, he was named in 2017 by a UK company as number 23 of the 200 most influential social entrepreneurs and philanthropists worldwide. Um, getting a, Starting to get into some of his controversies, one, and I had never seen this, and I laughed my ass off at the very premise. In 2013, he launched a video on YouTube that was called the Harriet Tubman Sex Tape. That was fucking... Rough, mm. it was so Bugging. bad, dude. But so the premise is 
that uh, Harriet Tub- and you can Google it and find it. You'll find a shitty copy because he destroyed the masters and insisted they don't be on the internet. But there's, I don't understand how you thought that there. that was a good idea at all, though. So, so here's the pre- so the premise is Harriet Tubman, the the bastion of slavery, freedom, and the Underground Railroad, ends up having sex with her master and has another slave film it and make a sex tape, and it gets like. Like the sex scenes are like, oh, there's Harriet Tubman having sex now, like in this funny. And it was kind of at the height of like funny or die and like the college humor and like all those kind of viral videos. And then uh, she ends up like the implication is she fucks him with a dildo from behind uh, all this stuff. And then at the end, uh, she blackmails her master and basically says, I've got footage of this and you're now going to work for the underground railroad. And the final lines as it fades to black is Harriet Tubman saying, get to work on that underground railroad white nigga. And that's Mm. like the end of it. So needless to say, most of the black community was a little upset. Yeah. Yeah, It sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I would have called it Harriet Pubman. (laughs) Yeah. That would make it a lot better. Even, uh, then you know it's going you, what you're getting into. Yeah, Spike Lee, who was a close personal friend of him, even disavowed him and yeah. was like, "That was a fucking bad call. Like that was <laughs> awful." Yeah, neither and, side uh, was going to be okay with that. You know what I mean? No, like, no, <laughs> no. Like, I don't understand why. No, yeah. nope, nope. Hey, let's rile rough. up the white people. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was pretty rough. And then he uh, came out and said he understands why everybody's upset. And uh, you know, he says I would never condone violence against women in any form. And for all those I offended, I'm sincerely, I'm sincerely sorry. And then he had it pulled and destroyed and vowed it would never be aired again intentionally. But by then people had copies yeah. and it was already out there and you can't put it back in the yeah. bag. Um, then in 2014, he moves out of, moves away from New York for the first time, goes to LA and uh, apparently he'd been practicing Jiva Mukti yoga um, which encourages vegetarianism and social and envir- environmental activism. And he was a big practitioner of transcendental meditation. And he was a, this is bizarre. He was a supporter of the David Lynch foundation for consciousness based education and world peace. That's gotta be a head trip of a fucking organization. Um, but uh, he opens a yoga center in West Hollywood and uh, it was open until 2018. Say, say all of a sudden tomorrow you got $300 million. Like, how weird do you get? You know what I mean? That's the fucking thing. Like, if you got three, he at least, like, he didn't, I mean, he moved into it over a period of time. But, like, what does $300 million do to your I, life? For me personally, I just get real fucking Howard Hughes on some shit. Like what? Like, I, just, I never need to leave my house again. You think so? Like, yeah. I would become increasingly more shit? reclusive. Because why do I? It's like, I don't need to go. Yeah. Pick up food. I don't need I don't need to go do anything. That's what I'm saying. Would you start doing yoga and weird shit and open a yoga studio? For sure. Or would you yeah, For you, sure. have, you would I'd open a vegan chef. store yeah, or something. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely yeah. do that. I would definitely do shit like that. Yeah, I'd have my own chef. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'd have my own chef, my own personal trainer, yeah. my own fucking yeah. masseuse. Yeah. Like, yeah, ooh, you would definitely ooh. have that chiropractor just on you around. Yeah. Like, Jesus damn, Christ, how your back was just out yeah. about two hours ago. Yep, it's out again. Fucking got to get it. Because it's like, so, I mean, you're worth $300 million. And it's like, you know, I'll pay you 
sixty thousand dollars a year plus, plus housing. and you're making and you're yeah. still making money like as this yeah, yeah, goes yeah. on you know but like you're still plus how like oh you're a masseuse sixty thousand dollars plus housing and food stay in my big ass fucking house and then you're just on call to give me massages whenever the fuck I need them. What's sixty thousand dollars? I don't give a fuck. Then yeah. I never have to worry about. You a could massage. just pay somebody a thousand dollars a time. You call them and they would come whenever. Right. right. They just you're on fucking. You're yeah. on my retainer. Yeah. You know. Oh, have you've to got house an appointment at yeah. your regular job. We'll yeah. cancel them because you're coming to yeah. my fucking house. Yeah. Because yeah. I'll pay you twice yeah. whatever they're paying. You're paying. You know. You're getting paid sixty bucks. I'm gonna pay you a thousand dollars. You know. You think you would get a massage every single day? No, like I would I don't think I'd want one every day. Would you be sore? It's good for you, probably like a dirty yeah. sponge. That's how I think that's what therapeutically, therapeutically, therapeutically good for you. Um, Gets rid of the toxins. No, I think so. if you had like a personal trainer and like a personal gym, and you could do like a good workout and have a good meal, and then fucking steam it out, and then immediately I just get a, get a massage. Tank. You don't even right. need a massage. Like, get a float oh, tank. Yeah, I would definitely have a float tank. Well, a float tank's not a massage, though, man. No, massage but if you could do both, amazing, yeah, like. I need a massage right, right now. Like yeah, my fucking back is like the massage feels it. great, but the float tank actually is. I think it has better. better yeah, better. I want to still do both. I want to get. I want to get yeah. stoned, have a massage, and then go float. Why does stoned have to be a part of it? Just because it would be amazing and comfortable and relaxing. You think so? Yeah. Fuck yeah! And then float. <sighs> Yeah, like massage I wanna, and float. I wanna, like, eat massage an and float would be good because and like get a massage. Yeah. I'd fuck, fall asleep probably. Well, let's do it then. Probably. Let's do it. Schedule it yeah. up. We'll make Schedule it happen. Go to the, that and then, then go to the yeah. float. How are we going to do a triple massage, though? Oh, I'm out. I'm not doing that. You're not going to do, do a massage? You meet the float, stone though? And fl- I would no, get a not massage. the stone. I'm not getting stoned. I'm I would get a massage, get a massage. And float, but I wouldn't I yeah. couldn't do it on. We got to find three Chinese women stat. <laughs> <laughs> so the big thing with, with all of that, with all of the impact he had on hip hop with everything, the legacy immediately gets fucking stained by uh, allegations in 2017. So, um, is it rape? The it was rape. So it was. I might be. I didn't watch a documentary, but one of the articles that I saw was like it showed seven people. It's called who, on the record. I watched. Yeah, it's it on now. the record. It's on HBO. But one of the articles that I read listed the names of seven. I think it was seven people, and it said these seven people um, have accused him of sexual assault, uh, yeah. and then like these eight people have accused him Getting of Bill rape. Cosby and. Uh, the I did I didn't watch I'm gonna I didn't watch the documentary and I didn't watch it a I was out of time and couldn't couldn't watch it but I don't think I would have watched it because and I was torn because I felt like the articles that I read didn't say enough about this they didn't they didn't cover enough about what was happening how much of this is being pursued by the police is he in legal trouble for any of this? Is this all hearsay? Like, I mean, the articles in Bali now where there's no extradition. Uh, no, so, does he? Yeah. So the articles didn't say any of that. But then I was <laughs> well, like, I don't. Precaution. I like, don't know yeah. that I want to watch the documentary because documentaries Lean are one way filled or with bias yeah. one way or the other. I felt like there was no way that the documentary. It's not that kind of documentary, though. It's not like a narrated documentary. It's like interviews with each woman. And so it's like. But the director is going to have a bias towards that want, But it's like an open interview of a woman telling the story of what happened. I mean, he's how is he going to flavor that? Like she tells exactly the situation of like, this is my relationship with him. I worked with him for this many years. We did this. And like. I, you know, well, no, you pick who yeah. you're at, who you're interviewing to put in the documentary. Every woman that had an allegation. You're, I mean, you're, gonna, you're not going to pick a woman that didn't say she raped, got raped. Right. How are you going to do the other side? 
Well, no, but you're you're not you but, don't think that there was an inherent bias underlying that documentary. Well, any documentary has a bias. All that's every documentary has a pers- yeah has a point of view. But I don't know. I think that it's, it's a hero to you, and maybe you don't want to know. You know what I mean? No, not at yeah. all. Not at all. I was just like, I feel like this document. I because most documentaries I watch are not more so than other media that I watch. They are biased. Yeah. I and I was know. like, I, think, I would I mean, rather you read a the book about it or fucking rock star hip hop side of it. You got to look at both sides and be fair to it. Like, you I mean, even, even written articles are biased. They're going to choose what yeah. they want to write and what they don't want to write. But if you, like, we examine the, the, the whole fucking, I made hip hop happen side of it. You got to look at the bad side too, whether it's yeah. an allegation or not, but that's a lot of allegations. Oh, I definitely did. Yeah, and that's that, what I'm doing right now. Yeah, that, I'm I mean, just saying I didn't want to watch the documentary because I felt like it was going I still do feel yeah. like it was inherent. Like the interpretation before they even rolled the camera was we're proving that he did this. You know, the only thing I thought that was kind of strange and I don't know from for one, I'm not a woman and two, I'm not a black woman. Um, but it did seem that it was um, very like aimed towards like something that I don't even feel like as a, as a thing. I don't know. Like that, that black women were more like, I don't know how to even explain it, that they thought it was a racial thing somehow. I'm like, I don't understand. Like they, the, how was that? Like it was mostly, it was mostly black women that had the, um, the, the alleged rapes and stuff from mm-hmm. a black man, but they were saying it was like a racial thing because like that black women couldn't speak out that with that society saw them They're as like a highly aggressively sexualized women, culture. women in general, and I was can't, like, women in general can't speak out as what and like I said, says, I'm not so a woman. I'm definitely yeah. not a black woman, but maybe that's like a double stack. Yeah. I, I definitely had something happen the other day. Like I was at a fucking gas station and I was like, uh, you know, like a batter, uh, like a, a batter area, like a, like mm-hmm. a bad neighborhood or like a worse area. And I was Worcester. like, I was thinking to myself, um, like it was like early in the morning. It was a fucking bad neighborhood. And I was like, fuck man, I feel like a little unsafe right now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I was like, I didn't have my gun. I did my knife. I was like, I got my fucking, I got my fist. Like put up my dukes, yeah. right? I'm sitting there and I was like, there's a bunch of, there's, I don't know, fucking shady dudes walking around in and out of a liquor store and shit. And I thought to myself, I was like, man, what is that fucking like? Like right now I Could feel. Be a woman. Yeah. yeah. I feel confident that it's like, yeah, I don't have a gun right now. I don't have a knife, but like. I feel pretty confident that I'm going to put up a fucking fight. I'll probably kick most of the motherfuckers asses, but there's a good dude could get me or something, but I feel at least the safety and comfort and confidence that I could defend myself. Mm. But as a fucking woman, and this is the thing that I thought about. I was like, damn, not only can, would they most likely get their ass beat unless there's some fucking UFC MMA girl or something, that motherfucker's goal could be to sexually dominate and rape them. Right. And I was like, what would it be like? If there was this thing above male, well, but here's here's the that other, was out to get me and rape right. me at the gas station. I was trying to think like if that thing existed, yeah. And I was in like a constant kind of state of like submissive right. fear, where it's like, oh, I, that motherfucker could kill me, because it kind of eliminates what some of the arguments are, which we had on the Cosby thing. Like, is like, why did you go to the room? Why did you not fight back or claw or scream or bite? If there was this fucking creepy alien that like invaded us and they were above men and they like the fuck men and they would just rape you sometimes, I would, you would just like clam up, be fucking quiet and take it and then be mad about it later. So I like, I was in a position where I had a new respect, uh, from an empathetic well, but standpoint here's the thing, for women. Like I've I, been in places as a non-white person where I'm like, I'm not going into that store. 
Like it is not safe for me to go into that store. I can just see the people. I can see the expressions. Everybody here is white. I'm in a white ass fucking neighborhood. I'm in a white state. I'm in the fucking South. And I would just be like, I don't feel safe right now. And I'm just going to keep driving. I'm not even going. I need gas and water. I'm not going into that store because that is not the, I'm not welcome. Underlying tension that I don't have. But then add woman to that. And it's like, I can't even imagine it. I can't, um, I can't. And, and another factor is, like, you know, I've so hung out guys, with, so I've hung out with plenty there. of criminals yeah. and it's like, I know that like you aren't like none of the three of us at this table are the one that someone's intentionally going to target. No, it's not like, not. let me fuck with that big they motherfucker don't, don't, with the yeah. crazy ass looking yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- like, no, right, they're yeah. going to be like, I'm looking for the next motherfucker that parks. That's right. why they beat like, up I'm old people. Fucking, exactly. That's why they beat so up like, women. That's an even yeah. bigger factor yeah. on, on top of all that. So what you're saying is women are not equal to men in strength. Well, not, no, an athletic not, ability. No, no so. not. Yeah. So here, here's my question about that. The main thing that I was curious about in the documentary was, um, did did any did any of it discuss actual charges? The police, like, are there actual investigations? Too much time just, It was like 27 years or some oh, shit. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's why that they let it go. Sense. And then he took off to Bali anyway, though. Um, but I mean, most of it. It was safe. the problem was that it was like a lot of the same story, a lot of the same mo. It was like. Hey, come to my room for this business purpose. Or like mm-hmm. he would do things like walk in their office and like lock the door behind him and pull his dick out and like try to yeah. force himself on girls right. at the I office. Mean that, I feel like I feel like I feel like it's power play. Like yeah. it's like they're like they're his, so powerful. You know what I mean? It's anybody. That, color right. aside, a powerful person. It could be women too. Women might do this, but you know what I mean? Like as far as, as far as the coming out thing, it's been against men, right. but I'm sure that there's women in power who do it too. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not a one-sided not, thing. And no, the thing is like, I, I men's a different story though, bro. There's like, there's not a woman in power. That's like, I mean, she might be like, yeah, fuck you're me. Saying boy, that, but you no, don't, I'm saying, you're well, saying, let me finish. Blanket statement. saying like, fuck me boy toy. So you get promoted. Not you're afraid of me physically. Yeah. But, but I'll it's dominate the same thing. you. It's the same thing. It's the same not, thing. Not You're doing totally it in the thing. wrong. Yeah, it is. You're doing it in yeah. a wrong. It's wrong. There's a wrong physical wrong. intimidation versus just my career right, advancement. Exactly. That's yeah, a different exactly. thing. Yeah, to be physical. That's why I was trying to give the story about the gas station, the physical intimidation thing yeah. of like feeling like what if there was something that could dominate me in that way and was yeah. going to try to butt fuck me at the gas station. Like that's fucking that's yeah. what they're running that risk at. You know what I mean? Like that's different. That's not going to happen to you at a gas station. Right. A woman is not going to come and fucking rape you at a gas station. You never know. <laughs> I guess. You know. I'm just saying anything's possible. But here's a, well, so yeah, in, through, not, through, through but the Lord. But not as 90% possible. Why are you running possible? from the Lord? You know what I mean? Not yeah. as 90% in the, possible. In the Russell Simmons thing, like the articles and no, stuff I'm just that saying, I read. Like they're, 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 well, sorry. The articles that I read, like I, like I fully believe that he did some of this. I don't know yeah. that he did all of this. Yeah, I, I mean, know. there's a certain point where you have to think he's some, got three hundred million dollars. Yeah, someone on this money. list is. It doesn't is matter if he did it to one. If right. he did it to one, he did it. Right. Like it's, it's my, the, you know, based on the fact that he retreated from every single corporation that he was involved in, he pulled himself out of every corporation so that nothing would fall right. and down. ran. Yeah. I was like, that fucking says something. Because yeah, that, if you didn't, guilt. if yeah. you didn't, like you know that if some well, shit even gets the out, public, it's going to hurt your corporation. But even so the you're public uh, accusation off. could have the fallout, right? Like that could even happen. Yeah. Like uh, you know, John- not so much that you're going to leave a hundred million dollar corporation. You're just going to be like, Maybe you might. St- I don't Elon know. No must, one does. No one. Does. Elon must smoke weed on Joe Rogan. Dro- stock dropped fifteen percent. How much money yeah. was that? You know, it came mean? back up though. 
Right. Okay, it did come back yeah, up. But yeah, so just smoking like he wasn't pot worried about because it. he was in yeah. charge, drop that. So if it's like this big thing he knows in advance, it's like, step back. This shit could get fucking wild and crazy. There's all this Me Too shit happening right now. No matter what I say, all these allegations could happen. You know what I mean? Until proven otherwise. And then yeah, even there's then, no there's no chance no to prove it otherwise. He ran. Like you know? when, you, when you leave the country with no yeah. extradition, you, you pretty much implicated yourself without you well, know, actually saying you got $300 like million dollars and you had a great life. You want to continue having a great life. Even if it was like, even if he was yeah. in, he could be innocent. I, I don't think so based off the stories though. But I, I mean, there is a lot of like the thing of like, don't go ladies. If you're out there, no matter how rich, don't go to the fucking room with some dude that wants to show you a mixtape or like right. bullshit. You know what I mean? It's right. like late at night. You just got out of the bar. Don't go to this fucking guy's house no. to watch Netflix. Unless your intention sure. is, unless your intention, yeah, if your intention is, is, to is do, I'm going to go upstairs yeah. and have it sex sucks. with Russell Simmons. And, and, yeah. and like to, to defend that, it sucks. You should be able to go fucking hang out with a dude and watch Netflix, right? You should be able to do no. that. But the reality yeah. of it is most of those motherfuckers are thinking about sex. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, you don't fucking know. It's not safe. Like you don't fucking yeah. know unless you have intent to be in a relationship with this motherfucker. Probably don't go. But his, whole thing was hey there's a mixtape over there or hey uh, go in this room and check this out real quick and then he would just fucking walk back in butt naked with a condom on yeah that was his fucking right, shit right so brad's condom just falls yeah. off like i said i was swinging. like i was curious yes. about what was going to be in the i mean it's one of the reasons i don't watch very many documentaries aside from the fact that the way i research is very inefficient for me to watch a documentary yeah. i just even documentaries that i really like it's like the whole time i'm watching it i'm like wow this is you're really cherry picking data this is all very yeah, biased for sure this is especially Michael Moore or something. Yeah, it's, it's very, like very on one side. And it's like, there's a lot of truthful information, even in a Michael Moore documentary. It's just one sided, but it's like, it boy, show, is it one sided? Yeah. Like yeah. I, it's the, but a, a doc, I mean, again, yeah. a documentary's point is somewhat to inform, but also mostly to entertain. Like you want to, you want to influence, really you want to influence you. And it's yeah. like, Docu- like I especially feel that way about documentaries and with something like this. Like again, the the main thing that I wanted to know was were there any because I hadn't seen anything about any charges, um, and I found that odd. That was like a real weak point in the evidence that he did it. But as soon as you said that about statutes of limitation yeah. and no one was able to, that makes perfect sense. There aren't any charges because now you can't file charges. Yeah, um, I mean, if you watch Game Changers. You know, and then there's like the sacred cow. Like there's two sides to any documentary. Like, you know what I mean? Obviously, like the fucking vegan doc's not trying to say eat fucking cows in any way. And the cow one's not trying to tell you you should only eat vegetables. Like every documentary is telling their point of view. 100%. Yeah. And but just, people just, tend to back documentaries like this is the gospel. Yeah. And it's like, it's, well, you it's, want to follow it's the your thing side I don't, always. It's the thing too, I yeah. don't like yeah. about documentaries. That's the bias. Yeah. But even anything, it's like, even like the documentary we watched on fucking Dennis Rodman. It's right. like, when they did that, the director had a bias. Like he had a, he already had, he had an a point. Interpretation. He, to get, he has a narrative he's yeah. trying to get across. He had a narrative sure. he's getting across. He had an opinion of Dennis Rodman, and that's gonna come across. Even if he's trying to weed it out, you can't do it. Yeah. Um, but, and especially in a documentary. I just, I, I don't, I don't, like a lot of the stuff I don't get. Like, like, you know, the whole, I, I get like a criminal who's gonna rape somebody scenario, especially if you didn't put yourself in a bad situation, you know. But like some of these like that where, where you have a, a guy in power who he's not fucking murdering anybody. You know what I mean? He's going to ruin your career. You're you're not going to work there anymore probably. Yeah, but you he physically I mean? pinned them down there while they're saying no and shit. Like, yeah, but they've... It was a little more... not. I mean, it was it was uh, not like violent, I, I, like beat I, you up I, and yeah, punch you. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, I mean, but, I, I know. I'm, I'm not saying... I don't know. It's just... 
Rape's rape, there, bro. There's a, no, like, yeah. I'm not saying he's. I'm yeah. not saying that. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm saying that people in general are afraid to fight back, right? When they absolutely could. You know what I mean? Like it might you be a debilitating fear. Actually, that's that's why I was trying to. Like, maybe it might be. Earlier. Like I said, I can't. I can't. Be, I had to go so situation. extreme to say that like, there was an alien that was going to butt fuck me at the gas station. Yeah. No, I'm not. No, sure you're worried about right. Tyrone. But that's what know. I'm saying. If some big motherfucker that was like going to yeah. like any man, I'm going to yeah. fucking fight back, right? But if there was something that existed, because I don't there know isn't. why you wouldn't. Well, I'm like, just saying because if you didn't want it to happen, why wouldn't you well, I'm fight back? To, a lot of people don't sentence. fight back. I'm just saying. I know, but I'm just saying, why wouldn't you? Be, let me if tell fucker like two fucking seconds. I'll tell you. I'm saying if a thing exists, which it said, doesn't. I know. No, that that was so fucking fear, like to make you debilitating, like where you can't, you physically couldn't. Some people, we're not all the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just, some people I don't are get fucking I, I just don't deer in the headlights. Yeah, you don't get it because you do jujitsu and you fucking fight. Like yeah. you know what I mean? But I like, put myself in those situations, and I don't put myself in situations where I know that you dude, know motherfuckers I don't, can't, I don't can't try hold and get my gas ten cents cheaper so I can go to the you know. I'm just saying, like, like, not everyone's gonna react to, to fear the same. Like, the people, no, I, are, I get yeah. that, you know, but I don't know. I just, I don't, I just don't understand. Like, I don't know. That's just me. I mean, it's, definitely, there's some decisions that should not be made to like go to certain people's rooms or come over, like the Cosby shit. I just, a it's lot a, of that, yeah, it's know? like that. It's the, it's the old classic. You know what I mean? It's been going on forever. You know what I mean? Thomas Jefferson calling the slaves in. You know, like, yeah, what do you think is gonna happen? You know, like they're that's what they're doing. Like. Yeah, but you shouldn't know. have to worry that that's going to happen. It's going to. Right. It's going to keep happening. Yeah. It's happening right now, right. whether should, people, are shouldn't have to, people are not. But you like, should worry. Yeah. Right. You shouldn't have to, but you should. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Because yeah, like, unfortunately, humans do terrible fucking things. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's just and, I, and like I was saying, the, the, the position of power really, you know what I mean? Like like in 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 poor people areas, you know, where, where everybody's poor, it's people just raping people. You know what I mean? They run up, they assault them, they rape them. In in a in a uh, uh, a more sophisticated game, mm-hmm. it's you know what I mean. It, it becomes this like oh, I invite you in. It's less harmless. It's it seems less harmful. It's still the same thing. It's not as violent. It's less violent. Right. It's, it's less yeah, violent. yeah. Barbaric, it's still the like, same thing. Yeah. Like it, it's it's just more sophisticated. You know, and you, and you see that over and over and over again, whether right. it be with men and women or men and men or whatever. You know what right. I mean? That's why I was saying it's it's uh it's probably and like I said, it's probably women too. Like just because they don't do it in the violent way, it's the same fucking thing. They pressure people to lose their position to get something they want. I just you know think like I mean? it's way less that that happens for sure. Like way less. I, I, yeah. Well, there's know. way less I mean, p- women in positions of power, honestly, to be honest. So not, it's, not statistically, really. it's not going to happen. Not, I mean, and then the people that are going to do that type, I mean, you could look it up. That's just stats. Like, that's just. It's not. That it's, there's, there's a ton of people, a ton of women in positions of power. There's far more men in positions yeah. of power than women. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there are I women. I don't think that that's. Definitely. I don't think that's. I mean, I mean that's, that's its own argument already. And then statistically, to say how many of those. Yeah, but women that's a that's a one that? that's a that's a cited argument too that people are trying to make happen. You know what I mean? Like that's the old thing of you know oh there's you know women are way you know oppressed by men and all this stuff because men, men own a position in power that are the top whatever percent but there's also more men in prison there's also more it's you know just, what i mean more homicides are men like yeah, there's no, there's, fucking, because, there's know, so many other stats that women aren't men are more likely to be an engineer or something you know what i mean it, it has just to do with a proclivity to be you know more geared towards some a profession one or the other I'm not that there was any oppression taking place. I'm just saying statistically there's less women in power. And of that less, we're doing something like that. That's all I'm saying. I disagree. I'm saying let's wrap it up because I'm tired. 
It is oh, that's late. how we keep it going. It's nine. Yeah. Fuck you, Dave. Yeah. Um, okay. So Dave's calling it right there, is what he's saying. Um, we're part of the Potability <laughs> yeah, podcast. Just well, got that. <laughs> I don't know if you're done, done, though. And if, like, no, I'm done, done. Yeah. That's pretty much the end of it. Um, I'm done, done, you dumb, dumb. Done, done. We are part of the Podbelly Podcast Network. Um, you go to podbelly.com, check out um, Art and Jacob, Do America, and Hillbilly Horror Stories. Um, we are also sponsored by El Yucateco Hot Sauce, which is nutritious and delicious. You should put it in your mouth hole. You can go to shopelyucateco.com, and you can save some money if you use code SOFAKING at checkout. And you can also get um, an exclusive sticker when you do that. They have got all kinds of shit there. If you can't find it at your local store, um, they have it. You can get all the flavors. You get six packs. They have minis. They have keychains. They have holsters. They've got fanny packs. There's all kinds of cool stuff over there. They sell flannels and backpacks. Like you name it, you can get El Yucateco gear. Um, if you find it in the wild at the grocery store, um, if you can't find it, you can, you can just search um, El Yucateco in your area and it will find something. It really will. I've done it and I've talked to people that can get it in weird places. We see people all over the world that are able to acquire it. So we've been drilling it into your head for good reason, not because we get paid, also because we get paid, but also because we love them. Um, and it's delicious and it's like a part of my daily life. Like not a day passes that I don't eat that because it's fucking delicious. I had it on pizza last night. So you should go do that and put it on whatever food you're about to eat. Um, also check out print dirt cheap at printdirtcheap.com. If you need stickers and or printed goods, um, they can source those items for you. Um, they have a great quality product and you can use code sofa King podcast at checkout to let them know that, uh, we sent you there and also save some money when you do it. Also check out two day banners, the number two day banners.com. You can also use code soap. You can podcast at checkout there. If you need a banner and need it fast, it's like fucking elves in the night. They show up, uh, that banner will be on your door in two days. I did it. It happened. And, uh, it's a great quality banner. That shit's been rolled up. I don't even know, 57 times and thrown into a fucking box into a van and back out and laid on the fucking ground and velcroed up and strapped up and fucking stretched and the wind has blown it and it's still fucking fine. Nothing wrong with that thing. So if you need a banner, that's the place to get it at todaybanners.com. Um, also check out Jimmy D's tees. Um, he can do, you know, I didn't fucking say Jimmy D last time. I don't think he needs extra love. I feel mm. like I fucking skipped that shit. It's cause I don't have my normal formal notes. I usually mm. have that all written down. I no didn't have it. Formals. Normal formal. I apologize, Jimmy. Uh, go to jimmydstees.com um, to uh, order cool shit that he makes, or if you need silkscreen stuff, he can also do that for you. Um, go like him across all social media platforms. If you're participating on one of those platforms, go over and give him a follow or a like. Uh, leave a comment. Check his shit out. He really appreciates it. Also, check out... You know S- how we make it up to him? How to make it up to him. And also, we want to thank Jimmy D's Tees. Um, if you need any t-shirts, uh, you can go to Jimmy D's Tees. You can just search it on Google. Uh, he'll make stuff uh, directly for you and your business. If you, if you have a band or you need a t-shirt for your business or your baseball team, uh, you can hit him up. He does really good uh, silk screening, but then he's also got really cool products on his own webpage. You can go to Jimmy D's and uh, find those products and uh, you can tell him that Sophie King sent you. And uh, if you use code doesn't exist, doesn't exist. Um, you won't get a discount on your yeah. stuff, but you'll be happy that you bought it. If you have an eighty style, yeah. If you have an eighty style New York gang and you need T-shirts made, he can do that for you. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. black cobras, get on it. Yeah. Go over to Jimmy D's. Um, also, check out S K R Apparel at suikarapparel dot com. Use code Sofa King at check out the save ten percent. Check out the Retro Vague at retrovague dot com. Use code Eighties Kid over there and check out the Mindframe podcast across all listening platforms. On that note, that is all I have. I hear crickets. I do hear crickets. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, they've been going yeah. for a while. You're on Reddit. Go to our forward slash Sofa King Podcast. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Sofa King Podcast. Personal Instagrams. I'm at Raised with Wolves. 
Surf King Brent and Surf King Dave. Also check out Elkitech underscore hot sauce, Jimmy D's teas, and Podbelly. 